This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Marking Out, episode 479. I am one of your hosts, Brandon. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BTTG161. And I'm doing awesome, as always, being joined here by Dave, who you could follow on Twitter at DaveTheRave underscore MO, as well as Chris at Chris Sweendog, collectively at Marking Out on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Marking Out, YouTube and Instagram.com slash Marking Out 11, and of course, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Marking Out. Check out everything, buy some merch. There's a cool sale going on right now. Chris, Dave, how you guys doing? Outstanding. Um, I'm, doing, I'm, doing, I'm doing great, thanks. So WrestleMania was uh, interesting, taking place on the WWE Network from uh, Performance Center, right? Yeah, April 4th, April 5th, live from the PC. Night one, you had a uh, a kickoff show. Cesaro picks up that victory over Drew Gulak, which I thought was interesting that Michael Cole called by himself. But I was was happy that they added this for a uh, kickoff match, and uh, Cesaro ends the match with a UFO. This was everybody's favorite technical wrestling at its best. It was fantastic. For the very first time in WWE, hits the UFO. The one thing that I didn't like about this is that Daniel Bryan didn't join uh, Drew Gulak at ringside, and I don't believe uh, Nakamura or Zane sh- uh, showed up with Cesaro. I think well, that I'm always one of those feelings that you always should stick by your teammates at ringside. But again, it was maybe because he had a match later on, so he didn't do that. Yeah. But the yeah. official show opens. Stephanie McMahon's open opens the uh, Stephanie McMahon opens the show to. Discuss everything that's going on and how they're here for us to cheer us up, take our minds off of it. And then they cut into a video package of America the Beautiful with a bunch of past uh, celebrities that came to WrestleMania to perform that song, which I thought was really cool. I thought that was awesome. I I think that nothing beats Ray Charles. Ray Charles is by far my favorite uh of all the performances. Yeah, then they had that, uh, I thought, hilarious uh, video open, the the Jack Sparrow parody. Yeah, that was pretty funny. And then that Rob awesome. Gronkowski with uh, Mojo to officially open up WrestleMania, which our very first match of the evening saw Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross pick up the victory over the Kabuki Warriors to become the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the only two-time uh, not SmackDown Tag Team, the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, only two-time uh, champs. Um, I thought this was this was a good match. Yeah, shout-out to Alexa Bliss's power line outfit. Hell yeah. 25th anniversary of a goofy movie yesterday. Watch that. I think that did... Brandon, didn't you predict that? I saw people saying that, like, oh, I hope it's power line, so I, I said maybe it'll be power line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you nailed it. Yeah, I liked uh, uh, I liked Kyrie Sane and Alexa Bliss breaking up moves though with their finishers. Like uh, she hit the insane elbow, and then uh, Alexa hit the twisted bliss. Mm-hmm. And then we got that spinning neck breaker and twisted bliss to win. Yeah, 
Good match. Um, next up, you had Elias pick up the victory over King Corbin. Um, it, w- it was a good filler, you know? Yeah, I liked uh, on the uh, on the kickoff show when Kayla Braxton interviewed him, he busted out harmonica to sing a song about Elias. And yeah. I was so, dude, when Elias didn't come out at first, I was so certain that we were going to see somebody like King Booker. But nah. that didn't happen. Yeah. Elias came out, smashed the guitar over Corbin. They kept brawling and officially starts the match. And uh, Elias picks up the victory. The one thing, I feel like she their matches but... do get repetitive. Yeah, perhaps. Because nah. we've been seeing the same thing over and over and over again because you can't have a full roster at the present moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Up next for the WWE Raw Women's Championship, we had Shayna Baszler defeat. Uh, no, wrong, wrong. We had wrong. Becky Lynch defeat Shayna Baszler. I'm still in that mode where I wanted Shayna Baszler to win so badly. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm a okay with Becky Lynch picking up the victory over Shayna Baszler. It's I th- I, I, no offense. I think Becky's a great performer, but I think just the whole. Things a little stale to me, and it would have been fresh, especially to how they've made they made her uh, a killer in NXT. And when they yeah. brought her up, they did the whole vampire gimmick. It's like they should have just put the strap on her. It's like, but now it's like, now where do you go with this? Like, what are you gonna put her in another match and then she's gonna win? Why couldn't she be in her WrestleMania? Like, or maybe she goes, it stays on NXT. It's possible. She's not, she's not staying. She's not staying in NXT. What I've read. Alleged reports are saying that Shayna Baszler and Becky Lynch feud is going to continue, um, which then leads to, I guess, WWE is not stopping anytime soon. So, I mean, and, we'll uh, see what happens. But the Shayna Baszler, the finish of the match, seems like it, it's just a repetitive uh, finish of the match. I like it was fine. It was fine the first time when they did it with Kyrie Sane, but they keep yeah. doing it. Yeah, and like yeah. the ending just completely killed that match for me. I was shocked that this wasn't going to main event night one. And then, and then that just I, that ending took me out completely. Yeah. Well, next up you had the IC title on the line. Sami Zayn picking up the victory over Daniel Bryan. Uh, I I really oh. liked the vocals of Sami Zayn during this match. I did it not. Totally... I did not like the vocals of Mojo and Gronk though. Okay. Stadler and Waldorf over there. Oh God, that was, really I, I complain with AEW. I'll complain with WWE. I don't want anybody. Wait, 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 wait! You're gonna complain about WWE, Brandon? Uh, I do that quite often. <laughs> yeah, but this match was actually pretty good. What did you guys think about the match? I it was great. It. Yeah, I like the wrestling. The I mean, technically, you could call it a haluva kick. I guess a standing mm-hmm. haluva kick to mm-hmm. to win the match for Sami Zayn. I was pretty much expecting uh, Daniel Bryan to win, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm completely fine with the Art Garf uh, Sami Zayn. Picking up the victory. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that it's it's good for Sami Zayn because I think that his gimmick right now and his character can definitely benefit more from being champion than Daniel Bryan. And plus, it, this is going to elongate their feud a little bit longer. And plus, people, it, it's nice to see Sami, Sami Zayn with the, as a champion too. Yeah, and a big uh, victory on the WrestleMania card. Exactly. I mean, yeah. talking about big victories and big matches, this triple next was a triple threat ladder match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. John Morrison picked up the victory over Jimmy Uso and Kofi Kingston. Uh, this was reduced down to a solo um, individuals. Yeah, they announced Miz Smackdown. was injured on SmackDown, and that's why it turned into a normal triple threat. But yeah, which I, it's, I mean, it's interesting to have the tag team championships defended like that. I don't mind them doing that at all. 
No, you have to work I with. I think it's a, it's a tag team championship match. Yeah, but it, under it, those circumstances, who do you? Who I mean, you... under the, the circumstances, but it wasn't the fact that Miz, Miz was injured. Allegedly, he's on his he quarantine sick, for some yeah. reason. So, who, so would you put, you know, who would you put in that? Would you just not you have can't, the match? You can't, but underneath, or? but but it's a tag team match. Underneath these circumstances, I get it, but this shouldn't be something going forward. Where oh, no, absolutely not. No, I know. Well, the way you you put it, like, oh yeah, I'd love to see it. No, no, I'm just I'm fine with them doing that under these circumstances. And and I think all three men killed it. They did a no, lot of did. cool absolutely. the ladder the a lot of the ladder spots that it, it has to be so difficult to do that in front of nobody. No one. Yeah, you got to really give credit to all three wrestlers to do what I they mean, did. Jimmy Uso got a ladder thrown at his head while he was walking yeah. on the barricade. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, and Tom Morrison, just no no lack of spots for him. Yeah, he did the, the full top rope walk and uh, hit that Spanish fly on Kobe Kingston. The one yeah. thing I didn't like, though, I, I didn't like that ending. Because Michael Cole kept I stressing. Thought the, I, th- I thought it was the most genius ending I thought it was such a TNA ending. What? I thought it was such a TNA ending. Michael Cole kept oh. stressing, all you have to do is unhook the championships. And then all three of them unhook the championships. I feel like we did see that in TNA, actually, with I, the well, exhibition. I think, I think it fell, but... Oh, yeah, with the exhibition, <laughs> it fell. Yeah, but, but I mean, it, I, I, as far I as I'm concerned, uh, there's six people that are tag team champions right now. <laughs> I can definitely understand where you're coming from with that. But I did uh, like I liked the fact that John Mor- John oh gosh, John Morrison fit like <laughs> so perfectly into that where he like ripped both championships down at the same exact time with the Velcro. If it was yeah. uh if it was strapped in, I don't think that would have been as easy as it was. So nah, maybe it, good on it, WWE for changing from the buttons to the the Velcro. Oh yeah, definitely good idea. Next up, no DQ match. Kevin Owens picked up the victory over Seth Rollins. Uh, some tape, some people saying that this was the match of the night. What do you guys think? It wasn't the match of the night, but I thought this match was, you know, and it was funny too because I was talking to you while this match was going on, and you're like, "Yep, nope, uh, WrestleMania definitely hasn't done it for me yet." And you <laughs> will deny this, and I will pull up a text message <laughs> proof saying that you were like, "Yep, nope, this isn't doing for me. I don't know. I just really can't get into it." And this is where your mind changed. No, I mean, I definitely won't deny it. I I thought that there's no way in heck any of these matches could compare to any other matches with a crowd. I I, I will definitely not deny it. I've been enjoying but, no crowd wrestling. I don't like uh, no crowd wrestling. It's, you know what, after, I mean, I get it for the first two weeks, but then after it, it was just, I, I couldn't get into it. Yeah, I can't it, get into it. I haven't watched wrestling in two weeks. Just because yeah, took, I just get, can't get into it, but I watched WrestleMania for the sake of being WrestleMania, and it over-delivered. Right. Yeah, I, I think that it, it took me a long time to finally get into it. But during this match, it, I definitely started to get to get more into it. It was very I mean, interesting. Even... It wasn't supposed to be a no DQ match. And Seth Rollins ends up using the ring bell, gets himself disqualified. And Kevin Owens like, no, 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 no. We're going we're gonna to have a match. Make this a no DQ, which I thought it should have had a stipulation from the start. But this yeah, match, but once Seth... it became that no DQ, Kevin Owens climbed up that mania sign, jumped off the jumped off and, and put Rollins through the table. I think of the the actual matches in WrestleMania, that has to be the spot of Mania combined days. Yeah. It's, it's and, Kevin and, and Owens it, jumping off that it, sign. I like the thing with Seth Rollins, how his arrogance got the best of him in this. You know, he he was just so arrogant and thinking that he was going to defeat Kevin Owens and that he was just like, okay, you, you just haven't learned your lesson. But it was Seth Rollins just ha- that just had to persist 
and that's what got the best of him. He lost because of that arrogance. Yeah. Um, but very cool. Up next, we had another segment with Rob Gronkowski and Mojo Rawley, who got cut off by the WWE 24-7 champion, R-Truth. And uh, Gronk attacked him, tried to win the championship. But Mojo screws his best friend out of a championship victory and wins the WWE 24-7 championship. Yeah, he pulls him right off of that pin. And then walks away. He walks away as he says, I don't run. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, that took place. Next (laughs) up, you had a single match. Which also that took place. Yeah, for the WWE Universal Championship, Braun Strowman picking up the big uh, the big victory over Goldberg. Uh, this Two was minute a match, just, four spears, yeah, four power slams. It's I think as expected. It, it's. I think it would have been the same thing if it was Roman Reigns. Yeah, I, Spear, I believe so. Spears as well. back and forth, Superman punches. Um, but a lot of stuff is coming out afterwards saying that um, Braun uh, Goldberg apparently. Politicked himself into winning the universal title because allegedly he thinks kids still think that he's a superhero since he's been irrelevant for the past 15 years. Um, and Bray Wyatt, like after some convincing, decided to quote unquote put him over, which gave him a lot of locker room cred. Um, I've never liked Goldberg, I'm not a fan of Goldberg. I would have been, I still think, a more money match if. The world didn't turn out the way that it was. It would have been brunch would have been the fiend versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. That's a bigger match to me than Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. Yeah, um, I, 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 I well, disagree with. I, I agree that it would be more viewership, but I disagree with it no, being a I better think, idea. I don't think more viewership. It's def, It's the better idea, but Goldberg is Goldberg. People are tuning in to see Goldberg, whether it's like one minute or four minutes. That's that. That's very true. But the thing is, if you put Bray Wyatt versus Roman well, Roman Reigns, unfortunately, Bray Wyatt, I see losing that match. So I'm more happy the way that things turned out in that Goldberg faced off against Braun or Roman Reigns, and instead Fiend took on John Cena. I thought Fiend versus John Cena was more important for Bray Wyatt's career wise. Instead, well, of that. we wouldn't have known that if. Right, things didn't happen the way that they. Life hasn't happened the way that it did. Also, I yeah. think very interesting. I read on the internet websites is that they thought about putting Jeff Hardy in that position, and not have Braun Strowman. Very interesting. And it's like that was- thinking about that match. What what would that have looked like? Because it's not like Braun Strowman could. Jeff Hardy picks up Goldberg for a power slam. Mm-hmm. He's got to put him away like diving move, diving move, diving move, or something like that. Yeah, no, I I agree. It would have been very um, but, interesting, but the the actual main event of WrestleMania Night One, we saw Undertaker defeat AJ Styles in the very first Boneyard match, which would not have taken place had the current situation been normal. Yeah, and, and in the time that they that they had from like, oh, by the way, we are not able to have WrestleMania the way we want to pulling it off to taping from what? What was it, 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. overnight or whatever? Allegedly, what was said is it took five days to build that set somewhere in Florida. They filmed from 11 p.m. at night to 5 a.m. in the morning. Uh, And then it took five more days to tear down that entire set. And not even just, that's just like the performance center WrestleMania. This, I think that I read, was an eight-hour shoot. 
That's like that's absolutely insane. And the, the the stuff that went into it right off the bat, you think it's Undertaker's entrance. He's got a, a hearse. He's got the casket. He's got the druids. And then it's AJ Styles. It's And it was like very cinematic. Undertaker shows up. I know Chris must have marked out for this. Um, yeah, but you didn't mark out because you think St. Anger is the best Metallica <laughs> Dude, Saint song St. Anger is the best Boo Metallica this song. Man. Nope, absolutely not. It's St. Anger is the best and it would have even been a better fit here. <laughs> would have been so much better. But Undertaker shows up right. on the motorcycle like American badass. But his top was something like he could have worn in 1998, just like a leather version of it. So it's like different decades and, and versions of Undertaker showing up to this cinematic beautifulness fight gimmick. It, which I don't even think that's a word. But no, but I, I think everybody understands what you're trying to say with this. This was not just, everyone because there are people so, on the internet that did not like this match. Well, I mean, leave, being, uh, out of uh, Dave Meltzer and Vince Russo, and well, you don't have to single Crow. people out because there were people, there were other people who did not like this match. I thought it was oh, fantastic, yeah, PW. and I kept marking out every single like you had undertake the OC, the OC show up. Undertaker gets surrounded by druids and he fights the, fights them off like uh, putty men from Power Rangers. I was like, "This is freaking amazing!" <laughs> I, was... I, I think it's gonna be fun when we find out who was actually under underneath the druid mask. You know, I kind know. of like how that time when we, you find out a few years later that CM Punk was a druid. You know, it, it's one of those things where a few years later we're gonna start to find out who was actually underneath there and be like, "Oh wow, cool! They actually made their first WrestleMania appearance at this event." Um, I don't but think that'll be. The I, case I thought here. this entire, I thought that this entire match reminded me a lot of like a Clint Eastwood uh, western film, where you have the bed like the old guy going like the young guy talking a lot of trash to the old guy trying to show him up, and then the old guy getting that one up, getting that going over, and getting the victory just to show that he still got it. I love this match. I love the cinema with it. I love, I love the spot where Undertaker. Uh, got taken through the um, the fencing, and and you hear him just moaning and groaning as if like we've never there heard was, this from. There, there were a, before. there was a lot of uh, uh, in that. No, match. but like, but during that part, we have never heard him to that manner where it's like, wow, he sounds like an old Undertaker. But then he pulled himself up, flipped the bird to AJ Styles, and they kept on brawling. But it was amazing. Apparently, a lot of the Talking back and forth was improv too, which totally made it. I liked when AJ Styles eventually had Undertaker in that grave, and AJ Styles goes to bury the Undertaker with the dirt, and from behind comes Undertaker using his telekinetic powers or whatever teleportation yeah, powers. I mean, it, it reminded me of one of that video game where you uh, face Undertaker at WrestleMania and out of nowhere he appears like somewhere else. Yeah, and then Undertaker hits that big boot, dumps the dirt on him, and uh, AJ Styles leaves his hand sticking up through the dirt, and Taker goes, picks up his bandana, rode off on the motorcycle with some pyro and uh, Taker's symbol and like a laser graphic on the, uh, the barn. I don't know what you'd call it. Yeah, no, definitely laser graphic. I, I did love this song that they used. Um, now that and we're dead by Metallica? Yeah, I, I I loved it. I love the fit of it. Um, I love the aspect that Undertaker probably handpicked all of this, and a lot of people were saying that they were expecting Sting to be on oh. top of there. I don't know. All right, I'm gonna 
I saw Bully Ray yeah. or Bubba Ray, I guess you would say. He was on the bump and he said that, like that, the way yes, it would yes. have been absolutely perfect would be if Sting was on top of the roof or whatever with a baseball bat. But now that like we have this and the Firefly Funhouse in our lives, this opens up a door to Undertaker versus Sting where they don't have to like actually wrestle and be yeah. as, as like a, a physical, physical match like that. I I totally I see I that's where I heard it from was from uh, Baba and I definitely agree I see what you're saying now I see I could see Sting and Undertaker putting on a match like that and it going over I and mean a, a lot of people were putting over Matt Hardy for really introducing this sort of style of wrestling to the world Well actually Chris brought it up to me that Lucha Underground was can I, really Can I say something Yeah Okay. This man, I'm, I'm just going to say everything that I want to say, and then I'm done. This match was outstanding. People are, and I'm going to prelude to what Dave said, this match was shot perfectly. Props to apparently the director of photography on this was Jeremy Borash. So props to him. And he was a part of the rebirth of Matt Hardy. Also, you have to think, Lucha Underground started adding all those cinematic aspects two years before... Matt Hardy added, this match was great. It highlighted all the strengths of The Undertaker and hit all the weaknesses. You had the involvement of the OC. You had those Undertaker-like things and aspects to it. Um, you're going to see – and I even – I said this at the end of 2019. You're going to start in seeing a shift in more character-based wrestling. And part of that is going to be a, a shift in cinematic-style wrestling as well. And the fact that they were able to pull it off on WrestleMania doesn't say that every single indie out there is going to start doing this now once, you know, we're out of whatever we are out of. So my 110% props to WWE for pulling this off. Um, I thought this match was outstanding. I was marking out so hard for it for the next 24 hours until we got to night two of WrestleMania. And now Undertaker has main evented WrestleMania in four different decades, which I don't believe anybody else has done. Ninety-seven you know, when... against against Psycho Sid, uh, two thousand eight against Edge, two thousand ten as well with, uh, or not as well. It's a different decade. Two thousand ten with HBK and two thousand seventeen with Roman Reigns, which he lost, and then now two thousand twenty with AJ Styles. I mean, it, it is really amazing when you think about the legacy of the Undertaker. Um, I mean, I was just reliving everything from uh, 1992 era, like Survivor Series, SummerSlam, and just seeing Undertaker and seeing all the other wrestlers that were on the card from Bret Hart, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man, Ric Flair, all these guys. And where they are now compared to Undertaker is still here, even though he may only have one match a year, he's still here trying to give us some sort of entertainment and I'm just when you think about that, it just blows my mind. Um, you know, it, it's just really amazing, and it shows so much to his legacy of the Undertaker. Yeah, and he like but, he could have like one actual match, and then if I, I don't want to like super saturate WWE with uh, boneyard match matches, but mm -hmm. he could have I, maybe one a year or something. I don't know if I'd want to see one a year, but. I, I think the next one, like you like you mentioned, and stuff. I think the yeah, the next one I think should be Sting, and maybe that maybe that's what his retire official 
retirement match should be is Undertaker versus Sting. Maybe double retirement. I don't know about that because I definitely want to see one with Kane, but we have to yeah, wait. I, I don't know how long a mayor sits <laughs> in office. Yeah, right. <laughs> but moving but, on to night two of WrestleMania, we had on the kickoff show, Liv Morgan defeats Natalia. Uh, completely wasn't expecting uh, Liv Morgan to go over here because Natty's like the senior. But, yeah, but awesome that Natty put over Liv Morgan. Yeah, I, I wish it ended differently because it ended with a pin reversal of a pin reversal of a pin reversal, I think. Yeah. But that's I, completely I mean, I, I think Liv Morgan still did a good job, for, especially for opening WrestleMania on such a difficult stance. Yeah. Because uh, I think that the openers for both nights had to live up to so much more than what they normally would have to do as an opener. Because not only do you have to bring in the live crowd, yeah. like in the past it's bringing in the live crowd, but now you have to draw in people into WrestleMania even without a crowd, which is probably a lot more difficult. So I, they did amazing. Yeah, and WWE already touted that they had like a record-breaking number of people talking about WrestleMania throughout social media, which is just because everybody was yeah. home. Yeah, even <laughs> like even I'm sure even if like you don't watch current wrestling, people were still tuning into WrestleMania. So yeah, just I because there's literally you. there's no sports, people are watching wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Watching wrestling, people <clears throat> are also not watching wrestling. But night two, uh, Stephanie McMahon does the same similar opening, uh, and then just like night one, you had Gronk kick it off. But the first match of the evening on the actual card, we saw Charlotte Flair defeat Rhea Ripley to become the two-time NXT Women's Champion, which... Rhea Ripley supporting her uh, Dragon Ball Z attire. Yeah, everyone... I had no idea. I don't watch that. I don't watch a a, a Dragon Ball Z. I don't know what these Goku or what they are. Goku or Vegeta. Vegeta. Whatever his name is. It was a Vegeta. But, but, yeah, Charlotte Flair picked up the victory over Rhea Ripley. I thought that this match was really awesome. I thought that uh, without the lack of crowd, you need that audio. And Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley, it's kind of – you didn't even really need the crowd. because. And what I actually like about both nights is you couldn't hear – or at least from my, like my um, thoughts from listening and everything – you couldn't hear anybody trans um, no. talking about their matches and calling I, their matches. I don't hear that when I'm watching them on like well, Raw, some, SmackDown, or NXT. But sometimes you can, but, but not not especially with, now. Though I don't crowd. think you hear it now. Exactly, without a crowd. I mean, of course, they could have edited some of it out too. Which I, it's very easy to do. You could just turn off the the ring mic or something when they're calling spots if you hear it. Yeah, I'm I'm realizing that now that they could go back and edit it. But this match was much better than Becky versus Shayna Baszler, and I kind of feel like of all the you like the 25 minutes of screaming at each other. <laughs> what? But with for this match? Yeah. Oh, so you didn't like this match? No, I thought the match was great. Because <laughs> I honestly, I think of the actual wrestling matches, this might have been the best one on WrestleMania. Combined days. I think that could uh, you could easily make an argument for that one. Brandon, and I'm, Brandon, I'm, Brandon, Brandon, you're I, telling me that I you know, thought a match. I know, Charlotte man. Flair. I know. <laughs> I know. It's it's oh man, beyond Everybody bizarre to me as well, man. But I, it just <laughs> it was it was a really good match. 
It was a really exactly. good match, and it, it, it's not like I, I obviously I didn't want Charlotte Flair to win, but I'm such an NXT mark, obviously that I it, like it still can elevate that brand by having Charlotte Flair as their champion. Exactly, I, I think that there it's always a catch twenty two. Yeah, you want to see Rhea Ripley win and retain, uh, but on the other hand, we want to see Charlotte Flair take on and promote some of these younger talent, uh, like Io Shirai and Dakota Kai and all these people now. It's going to be so much fun to see all of that play out. Yeah, and so, uh, somewhere, I'm excited. somewhere down the line, Shayna Baszler is the only other two-time NXT Women's Champion, so I would absolutely like to see them square off at some point as well. Do you think that we could see something with Asuka going back down to NXT I, to face I think Asuka is going to win Money in the Bank. Oh, did Interesting. she? No, she didn't win. Never mind. I was going to say, did she win it last time? But I think she just won a ladder match at Money in the Bank, or was that TLC? I, 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 I think it might I have been TLC. But the matchup so, next, what were you going to say? Yep, yep, yep. I was going to go on. Alistair Black picks up that needed victory over Bobby Lashley. Lashley came out wearing uh, tights like Ricochet, which I thought was interesting. Uh, looked like, no, he looked like Scorpio Sky. Or Scorpio Sky. Oh, That's, I think, I didn't more, get on. more likely. I didn't think about, I didn't think about more... Scorpio Sky. I, I, I'm a fan of the long tights with Lashley. I thought that that was a good change. That was really cool. And, uh, yeah, Lana gets up on that ring apron just as Lashley went to hit his newest finisher, and she told him to spear him, and Lashley drops it, went for the spear, and got hit with the black mass. Fantastic. And then Uh, uh, after that, we saw Mojo, uh, Mojo's title win from the night before, and it cut to Charlie interviewing Gronk about it, and he's like, I want that title. So it's like you know it's going to happen. You knew Gronk was leaving WrestleMania as champion. Yeah, because they want want that Main Street love. But the actual, the match that took place after that, we saw Otis defeating Dolph Ziggler. Biggest payoff of WrestleMania might have been Otis defeating Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, this was so amazing just to see, like, I was actually invested in seeing Otis, the good guy, walk out with the girl. And the way that this all played out with Mandy Rose coming out at the end, yes, it may have been predictable, but it was amazing to see it play out. And I thought that every single person involved with this delivered an amazing storyline. Yeah, Sonya was there ringside with Dolph. And uh, like David said, you obviously you knew Mandy Rose was going to be showing up. And this is like, it's not even like, for, for us watching this on TV, it's been like January, yeah. February-ish. Ultimately, though, it goes way further behind that. It goes to NXT. Like, if you actually follow NXT and stuff, like, Otis was has been obsessed with Mandy Rose for a very long time now. Yeah, she he even had words with her father on... On the uh, bump, yeah. Yeah, the bump. And, it, it, <laughs> and then seeing, seeing him... Uh, Otis and Mandy Rose on the watch-alongs, I believe it may have been. Like, so it, it goes so far back where it's such an awesome storyline. I can't wait to see this play out further. Do you think that we can see Tucker turn on Otis and no, align with Ziggler? No, gosh, no. Okay, I don't okay, want that to happen, but <laughs> I, I like I I, I I can't see Otis go through another breakup or heartache. You know, I liked Otis hitting the one-man compactor though without uh, to get. <laughs> that was cool. But Sonya jumps up on the uh, the apron as Otis went for the Caterpillar and Dolph kicked Otis square in the Woo-hoo. peaches. 
and that's when Mandy came out and she starts. I thought it was going to get turned into like a uh, like a tag match or something. Oh, I didn't even think about that. She tossed she tossed uh, Sonya into the ring, and then yeah, as the referee was getting her out, that's when she she low blowed Dolph. But perfect setup by her Sonya and the referee. Where she threw her onto one side and she went around to the other. Yeah, I thought that the the planning of that was perfect. But match up. Right, so, yeah, what do you guys think? So next up, we had the last man standing match: Edge picking up the victory over Randy Orton. This match was the second longest in WrestleMania history, second to only the Iron Man match at thirty six minutes thirty five seconds. What is your take on this match? So it was fantastic. Yeah, I, I thought it. it this started... is Edge's. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off. Let me just get this out of the way first. I thought it's Edge's first match back in nine years. We may have never seen him ever again. And everybody, all you marks, get off your high horse. Um, don't think you know everything because you don't. Uh, and let the man do his thing. We haven't seen him in nine years. You, you take that. People take that for granted. Yeah. It's really. It's like it's so frustrating. I yeah, it's I so know. frustrating. I thought it did start yeah. off a little slow, but once they got to the back it was like yo i'm like if you factor in all the promos that led up to this and like even the royal rumble itself i thought this was a fantastic match with a great payoff edge even at one point first of all orton attacks edge from behind disguised as the cameraman which was great and then he's the match starts and he hits him with another rko and i'm like oh my god it's about to just be like this is it and then it went on for like 40 more minutes. <laughs> yeah, but I know. I once, know. Okay, so the one thing I could... Sorry. No, Keep going. Once they started, like, actually rolling into, like, the back area, which would not have... Like, we wouldn't have seen this if it was normal circumstances, obviously. It would have just been something like Miz and Shane from WrestleMania 35. We got to see them go into the conference rooms, just like Johnny and Champa have done. Well, the liked, thing... Go uh-huh. on. No, I was going to say, the one thing with this is, like... I do think that it drew out a lot, a little bit longer than I wanted it to. I, I think that the storyline, I appreciate. I appreciate the storyline. I appreciate the match that they both put on. I do think that it went on a little bit longer than I would have liked it, and that maybe we could have gotten into that backstage, to that truck area a little bit quicker. But for what it was, I still appreciate that Edge. it was Edge's return match, uh, official like match outside of the Rumble. It was Randy Orton with the story behind it. And I, I love that finish where Edge was crying and how he, much he told the meant. referee. He said, "Don't you effing count? I'm not yeah. done." I thought yeah. it was great, and I like that Edge. After he did that, he just stood above him. He didn't move. He didn't do anything. He just stood above him. Edge was crying. Yeah, I, I thought that. And then after the match, Edge kneeled down and, and like kind of and gave him a hug, and it was just like. Wow, this is really I'm cool. sorry. I love you. That, yeah, that's what it, it felt it was, like. That's what it felt like. It really did. I I totally agree. Um, I'm going to bring up – what do you guys think about that spot? I hate to bring it up. I think that everybody on Twitter, what the spot? wrestling – like I think that it was crazy to- talking about the spot in the weight room. Oh, and yeah. Like, I, I never I once it, associated it with Chris Benoit. I know I obviously can't speak for everyone here, but – No, I mean me, me neither. I, that was the furthest thing from my mind. I was more being appreciative and take it in Edge versus Randy Orton where any sidetrack like that I think is bizarre that their mind even went in that direction. 
I, I think that's just that's just crazy to even associate to that. Yeah, and everyone's and, like, oh, we just had Chris Benoit brought up recently again, so how dare they do that? And they had two weeks to edit it, so they should should have gotten rid of that sp- spot. <laughs> and it's like, I, I get know. the f*** out of here. That's just not a thing. I know. I, I think that... I think that it's even awful to try to make Randy Orton and Edge uh, feel bad for doing anything like that yeah. because I guarantee, I bet you that this was that didn't even cross their mind. Absolutely. So I think and, and it, obviously it was signed off on. Like the the higher ups saw it, they've signed off on it. Like I, I, yeah, I, not I once, think... not once did I see that. The the when I saw them do that spot, you know what I thought? I thought that looked like a sex swing. I had just seen I had just seen the movie Good Boys <laughs> the night before and the children were playing on it. They didn't know what it was. That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> All right, let's move on and to the here next goes the match. internet, the IWC. Oh, Chris Benoit, it was Chris Benoit. You guys should have done uh, that. Unbelievable. I know, I know. All right, they so cut, next they cut back into the arena. Mojo's being chased by I swear to God, I have not one idea who any of them were. <laughs> They must have all been training at the performance center or something. So what an absolute debut for all of them. But Rob Gronkowski jumps off, or I shouldn't say jumps off the perch. He climbs over the perch and kind of orange Cassidy's it. And, yeah, he did uh, wins, like a stage dive. Yeah, and wins the WWE 24-7 championship. So he now has the uh, WWE 24-7 championship for... Uh, He's been he's held it the longest for a non wrestler, which is awesome. You know, it, it's it's cool to see Gronk involved, especially because he's so he's training to be a wrestler. I have correct? no idea. No. We don't know. Like, Nobody yeah, we knows. really don't. We really don't know. I like, but Scott to give him the championship. Yeah, but for him to win the championship, I think it's only smart to put the title around him right now. Scott, Dawson, it's only smart. Scott Dawson tweeted out like, so like after this, can we stop doing diving moves, huh? yeah well you just mentioned debuts and stuff so someone that had an awesome wrestlemania debut this match the draw tag team titles were on the line street profits picked up the victory against angel garza and austin theory with zelina vega at their side austin theory did awesome yeah it was a fast-paced exciting match great wrestlemania debut for all four of them Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm yeah yeah all of them. Theory hits that TKO. Montez Ford hits that springboard frog splash to break up the pin. And uh, then Angel Garza and Austin Theory attacked Street Profits afterwards. Zelina Vega gets the uh, gets in on the action. And Bianca Belair makes the save. Which, uh, it was awesome. All about it. I am all about the EST of WWE. Um, it's, her, it's her time to come up in within the... Uh, Within the system, I think she's too. She's too. They said at the Royal Rumble when she came out, she was a star. She had a huge presence at the Royal Rumble. There's nothing else for her to do in NXT, even though she has not won the NXT Women's Championship. She has had outstanding matches. She was a focal point of that division. It's time for her to move up, and it's time for her to be a focal point of the Raw Women's Division. Yeah, I think it was only a matter of time before she joined Montez Ford, her husband, on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, and I think everybody's all for it. Especially because this is going to lead to Zelina Vega in ring action with which me like we all know that Zelina Vega is actually a talented wrestler. So any any potential for her to get in the ring and involved is awesome. 
So this is all just excitement coming out of everything. After this match, Titus O'Neil took over as the host of WrestleMania, which I popped for. Um, but the next match itself was Bailey defending the SmackDown Women's Championship successfully. Uh, it was an elimination, fatal five-way defeats Tamina, Naomi, Sasha Banks, and Lacey Evans. Um, I liked the fact that at one point, uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey were both covered, and Michael Cole's like, and Bailey and Banks were close to being eliminated, and Bailey rolls out of the ring to yell at him, saying, "No, we weren't." <laughs> and it's like we don't, we would not get that out anywhere else. I thought yeah, that was great. She, I, I, it was ba- I, I, Bailey was the MVP of this entire match, and I think that it was even if you step away from her in ring, but her vocals were hilarious. I liked Sasha Banks hitting the 619. I liked all of them ganging up to eliminate Tamina. Sasha mm-hmm. makes Naomi tap out and then everything unravels. Here I want to see Bailey versus Sasha Banks on the biggest stage of them all. Bailey accidentally knees Sasha Banks in the face, who then Sasha Banks questions Bailey and Lacey Evans went for a woman's right. Bailey pushes her out of the way. Only to then push Lacey Evans into Sasha Banks to get the woman's right. Which, well, before you go on, that was such a smooth transition by yeah. all three wrestlers. Yeah, and then Sasha Banks, unfortunately, uh, my dreams were shattered of that. And then I got super nervous. Because <laughs> it came down to Bailey and Lacey Evans. I was like, oh, no. But Sasha Banks, because it's a no-DQ match... Uh, Banks got back into the ring, hit Lacey Evans with that bank statement, and Bailey hit that new finisher finisher of hers, and that was it. And I, and then after the match was over, I thought Banks was going to attack Bailey, but that did not hey, happen but, either. So thank. But God. we did have we did have a little tease. I mean, you had Sasha Banks presenting her with the championship, and well, it looked like Sasha Banks was a little bit. Uh, interested in pursuing that championship even, even on the kickoff show they had words backstage like an interview and and sasha was like okay we'll we'll see yeah. what happens and she like but can, can we just can we just mention bailey's post-match interview how great that was yeah completely Wait. mocked those rumors from last year's wrestlemania i thought it was great yeah, oh, that's what it was. Okay, I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, she was lying on the floor after her championship victory. Yeah, it was hilarious. Um, props to Bailey, you know? Let's run with it. So next up, something to run with, the Firefly Funhouse match. The Fiend picking up a victory over John Cena. Where do we begin with this? Well, John Cena makes his normal entrance. And I watched this three times. Right, I, <laughs> I think I think it was just twice for me, but I'm absolutely wanting to watch it more than once, obviously. John Cena opens it up and says, Welcome to WrestleMania, and it cuts off mid-WrestleMania into Vince McMahon, into Mean Gene, like a mix of everything, and it enters the Firefly Funhouse. And Bray yeah. Wyatt's introducing basically the rules. He's like, you're here to face your most dangerous opponent, which is you, John. You're the most dangerous opponent. And then John Cena appears on set of the Firefly Fire, the Firefly Funhouse and uh, Rambling well, Rabbit. Before, before this, you had Bray Wyatt walk out, walk through that door. Yeah, he walked out, which we I don't think we've ever seen before. 
No, but you you mentioned it. You mentioned that you thought it would be cool if there was that sort of a door entrance into transitioning to the fiend. Which so I didn't really did mention quite that. happen. But Rambling Rabbit in that in that segment, he's like, he went through the door. He went through the door, and John goes <laughs> through the door into darkness. And then Vince McMuppet shows up, questions John Cena about ruthless aggression, and then Bray Wyatt redoes the promo that Kurt Angle did. Yeah, and I'm like guys, sitting there I have, freaking um, out. <laughs> I was say that I have somebody, yeah, Maddie. What do you want to say about the Firefly Funhouse match? Maddie's right here. Want to say anything? Hey, Maddie. Hey, hi. Hi. <laughs> hi. Right, Too do sweet. Want, what do you want to talk about Bray Wyatt and the Fiend? Is the Fiend scary? Yeah. Do you like the Fiend? Yeah. Yeah? What did you think of Alexa Bliss at WrestleMania? She won, right? Yeah. She's a tag team partner? I wanted her to win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you and so she won, right? She did a cool flip. Yeah. I won with the win. She did win. Yeah, she did win, right? Hooray. And, and the Fiend won, too. He won Alexa Bliss? Uh, no, the Fiend did not fight Alexa Bliss. <laughs> fought John Cena, and he won. I think. All right, sorry. All right, goodbye, Maddie. Good night. So, I was going to put you back. Bray Wyatt is redoing that promo that Kurt Angle did, and John Cena, man, appears... Comes out in the the not his debut gear, but the same style trunks yeah, like that a he prototype. wore. Uh, past prototype, but same gear. Uh, in front of the SmackDown fist, which like hello, obviously I'm I, marking the hell out over that. I had tweeted earlier <laughs> in the night that. saying the closest thing we're gonna get to the SmackDown fist is this weird purple hand chair that's sitting in the back when Edge and Orton were wrestling. And then they had this, and I freaked out, man. That was fantastic. But he comes, yeah, but then you, he you comes had into, in his trunks. Ring. Yeah, and he couldn't do it. He couldn't, yeah. do, he couldn't slap Bray Wyatt. And then Bray Wyatt starts singing the Bellas theme song, which I marked oh, out I for. But you can't touch. And then it turns into Saturday night's main event. With Mercy as uh, Macho Mercy or whatever it was, and Vince McMuppet on commentary. Then I mean, it, just just like Monday Night Raw, how it used to be. Uh, well, you know? Saturday and then Night's you had, made event, clearly. Yeah, and, and then you had uh, John Cena just pumping iron, pumping iron, pumping iron until his arms were dead. Which, that has to be really difficult to do, right? I they mean, were probably gimmick weights. Yeah, I would you say think? probably gimmick. But it was an interesting way because then he tried to swing his hands to hit Bray Wyatt and he just couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, And then he turned into the doctor of thugonomics where all he could do was rhyme. Um, And he tried to fight Bray, but Bray used his teleportation powers, knocked Cena down. Well, with with the with the thugonomics, though, the crowd reaction too. everybody was booing him and and just putting him down. So he gets knocked down, and it turns into WrestleMania 30, Bray Wyatt versus John Cena, uh, which I thought was great. And it was like a what if John Cena actually let Bray Wyatt win. Yeah, if, if he and if he hit him with that chair. Yeah, and then everything turned into WCW Monday Nitro, and Bray Wyatt did a Bischoff promo and introduced John Cena, and Cena was in the NWO. Which... I, I got to say, like during this moment, I was so my adrenaline was sky high. Yeah. I was marking out like I've I haven't in such a long time just to see Bray Wyatt 
dresses Eric Bischoff in an NWO shirt, and then you have John Cena coming out as if he's Hollywood Hogan. It was so bizarre and yeah. fantastic. And he starts beating up Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt turns into Huskus, and then the Fiend appears. Shows up behind him, lots in the mandible claw. Bray Wyatt actually counts the three. And then John Cena fades away and classifies himself as obsolete. What <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that I really liked about this too was when he had him in the uh, Sister Abigail, that they played that entire John Cena promo telling Bray Wyatt, I am going to get rid I am going to eliminate the most overrated, over um, whatever overhyped superstar ever in WWE. And then it ended up that he was talking about himself. Yeah. I thought that that was It was really like levels of, of like, it's like an onion where everything was peeled back and like redone. It was fantastic. Was, it was beautiful. This was pure art of wrestling at its finest. Apparently, I, allegedly, it was all the work of Bruce Prichard and Bray Wyatt were like the creative directors on this entire thing. When yeah. This, when it's this so was like happening... You and John Cena. Well, John apparently John Cena had some creative decisions that apparently helped out huge. So, you Unbelievable. know, it just shows you that John Cena is about the future of this company and building other stars. So bravo I, to- I totally, I totally agree with you. I think that no matter all the past rumors and stuff, which I love that that match played into all of the rumors about John Cena putting down other people, trying to get himself up and everything. And it just shows you that the payoff, he just totally put over Bray Wyatt at his own expense, just belittling, belittling his entire career pretty much. And, and I, oh, liked, not- I liked everything, like the what if John Cena turns heel. This, this is what happens if this happens. This is what would happen if this happened. And let's not, let's not forget, we CM Punk. Yes, yeah, CM yeah, they Punk. Did, they did it was CM Punk, CM Roman Reigns, uh, The Rock, and I know I'm missing... I think at least two people there. But they went because it was everybody who like John Cena was the guy, but then it was everyone else wanted CM Punk. The Rock was somebody he couldn't beat. Roman Reigns is who the new guy is supposed to be. I forgot. And it was just unbelievable. Yeah, it really was. It was, but it's like, both things, the Firefly Funhouse match and then the Graveyard match, they were both shot very artistically, very cinematic style, but they were two totally different entities. Yeah. yeah I mean, me if being someone that works in film production, I could see it like they shot – like I, you could be nitpicky on it. Like they shot the yes. one – they shot the Boneyard match 24 frames per second, which is a lot of movies and stuff like that. That's how they do it. The other one they shot more realistically, so it was probably either like a thirty or a sixty frames per second, something to that nature. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I like both of them. I think I just like the boneyard match because I didn't know what I, I like. Bo- I can't. I, I, I can't. It's like saying which one is my favorite kid as Jordan sits on right behind <laughs> on the iPad. Yeah, no, I I totally understand. I love them both. And just to backtrack, so with the wrestlers. So I'm going up back to Jay Walker, uh, one of the pro, a pro wrestler who really um, just broke down yeah. this match. I thought perfectly. what he did was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, I tweeted Jay, him. I said, "Dude, fantastic." Yeah. So those wrestlers that we were talking about before, it was the audience. Uh, 
It was the audience rejecting him. So it was Randy Orton, his rival, was the better wrestler. CM Punk becoming the bigger star. The Rock taking his spotlight. Brock Lesnar being the champ. And even Roman Reigns now being the guy. Uh, just so amazing. And that's Jay Walker at I am Jay Walker for those that want to check okay, it out. Okay, I thought amazing. you actually like sat down to a thesis on the stage. Like, no, he did. No, that indie no. wrestler did. All right, yeah, well, we he have broke it down psychology piece by piece, and I thought it was great. All right, we have two, the two main event of WrestleMania <laughs> saw Drew McIntyre finally become WWE champion, picks up that victory over Brock Lesnar. McIntyre hits Lesnar with the Claymore almost right off the bat. Brock hits the F5, kicks out at one. When have and we ever I, seen I that? I marked out for that. I marked out for that. He hits another F5. McIntyre kicks worried. out at two. And a third F5 did nothing. And then nothing. I got really worried. Drew McIntyre, <laughs> then he goes on, hits the three Claymores, and he wins the WWE Championship. And um, every time that Lesnar hit that F5, I was so nervous. Well, you know, and, and I guess that's that's one of the benefits of a match like this. It doesn't have to be a 10 minute match. It could be really quick. But within those four minutes, how nervous were you when Brock Lesnar hit those F5s on him? Like you were still there were, to the there were points. Yeah, there were definitely points where I was like, oh, no. But I, exactly. I was like on the edge four... of my seat. I was like, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, but I was also still really high perfect. from that Firefly Funhouse match. I was still pumped up. My adrenaline was still rushing from like marking out left and right there. I totally agree. It was great, a great um, a placement of the matches to put this right after that. So I was amazing. screaming during that Firefly Funhouse match. Now, um, honestly, Rachel, we... and Rachel's playing Mario Kart, and she's like, "What is going on?" I'm like, "Bray White's dressed up like Dark Bischoff." <laughs> yeah. Out of the main event, we just need one more pro wrestler to win the WWE championship. That being Heath Slater. Did you yeah. sit on the bump? Them having I an did, emotional yeah. moment. That was nice. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. You know. That was WrestleMania. Uh moving on. To some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Which kicks off with Asuka defeating Liv Morgan which they spoke about on commentary with Asuka having to bounce back from her WrestleMania loss and how she's done it before, referring to her loss against Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania 34. But did she really bounce back from that loss? Barely bounced back. It wasn't until her and Kyrie became champions that I would say she officially like bounced back from it. Yeah, she, she was put into obsolete. And, you know? and in here... Even even though bef- way before this she was she was uh, champion again, but that really was didn't really do anything for her. Yeah, her becoming champion didn't do anything. And then in this match, they're like she struggled to get the Oscar lock on on Liv. That's not much of a bounce back. Yeah, Liv Morgan, I think it's a good takeaway from this. You know, she yeah, had a, she, a good match. It ends with her looking strong. I agree. I mean, she had the victory against Natalia. And then following up, she had a decent match against Asuka, put up a fight. I would say more than decent. But... Yeah, more than decent. Yeah. After that, they showed Becky Lynch's post-win interview from WrestleMania, uh, which she's now held the WWE Raw Women's Championship for over a year now. Um, and then uh, they they also showed Shayna Baszler's post-match interview, mm-hmm. saying that she promises the agony of her defeat. 
So I don't think she's officially done with Becky yet. I don't think Shayna Baszler's promo made that much sense. <laughs> yeah, not much, but it ends with her saying like she's gonna, like she's she's not much going after Becky. Yeah, yeah. It's so I guess we'll see what happens with that. I mean, next up, you had the Raw Tag Team Champions in a rematch from WrestleMania. The Street Profits defeated Angel Garza and Austin Theory by DQ. First of all, I hate when they do WrestleMania rematches. It doesn't make sense since Austin Theory and Angel Garza lost at WrestleMania. Yeah, I feel like WrestleMania should be the hard reset for every story. I don't think it needs to be a reset, but why would they deserve another title shot after losing at Mania? I mean, why would Shayna Baszler? You well, know? Shayna Baszler wasn't here, like saying, "like I'm going to still." Yeah, but she, she's she wasn't. Be... She wasn't. She wasn't given the the championship. She's still saying, "like I'm going to still screw with you, Becky, or whatever." Uh-huh. I'm not done with you. Yeah, it's not like they're like, "Oh, by the way, it's Shayna Baszler versus Becky Lynch at Money in the Bank." Look forward mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, but. Uh, Zelina Vega ends up holding Montez Ford's leg and drop kicks him after the referee calls for the disqualification. Belair makes the slowest save possible. Yeah, she went through her entire routine pretty much. And then challenged Zelina Vega to a match, which it was a decent 12-minute segment to kill time leading up to another match. That being Bianca Belair defeating uh, Zelina Vega via disqualification. But uh, some things in this match, I don't even know what to call it. Uh, Zelina Vega did that like six one nine submission. Yeah, I, I I forgot. I think she calls it the seven one nine. No, that doesn't. I make forgot. Sense. I I forgot what she calls it, but she does have a name for it. I don't remember uh, ever seeing her do that. Yeah, she, uh, she. It may have been the first time, but yeah, and then she did the uh, she yeah. did the the roll through Oklahoma roll into the ring which i i normally we see like mustafa ali get, goes does into like a uh face an x factor or something mm-hmm. johnny does the this the what is it the torpedo whatever it is yeah the spear. Yeah. but austin theory ends up getting up on the apron montez ford went after him they brought into the ring and ford then challenged Everyone to a six-person tag team match after the match was thrown out. And then, to my surprise, I don't know if you were surprised or not, the Street Profits and Bianca Belair pick up the victory, finally, over Angel Garza, Austin Theory, and Zelina Vega. Um, Yeah, I definitely wasn't surprised by it. I I was just surprised because they they had two, two up on that. I know. I, I think that so one of the things um, I just wanted to look it up. So it, she calls it the seven one eight. It is the seven one eight. Yeah, she calls it the seven one eight. And what what kind of submission is it? Does it say? No. Mm. No, doesn't say what sort of a submission it is or anything like that. And obviously, uh, you, could, you could. It just looks like a crucifix, a crucifix choke. You know. But obviously, people listening to this not knowing what seven one eight means can assume it's an area code. It is the area code of New York City. One of. Yeah. At least. Yeah. So, but she is very talented. I'm very happy that Zillian Vega is getting action in the ring, you know? Yeah, I, I wish she won this match. 
I know that that would be cool, but I think that we're going to be seeing more Zelina Vega, and it's Bianca Belair uh, is making her her coming out party. You know, she says that she is on Monday Night Raw now. Yeah, this was uh, all in all though it was a thirty five minute segment, which I didn't mind. I know a lot of people were complaining. You know, for so okay, I from know the, from the start. Sorry to cut you off there, but from the start, I'm like, why isn't this a six person tag? We already saw Bianca Belair at WrestleMania make the save. Why isn't she even out there? Selena yeah. Vega's in her ring gear, but I'm fine with them like doing the first twelve minutes and then whatever other many minutes and then the actual tag match. Yeah, I mean, I I was a little bit, you know, t- I was a little bit surprised. But on the other hand, I don't mind that they were separating it up a little bit. Kind of like what I mentioned um, with, I think, a few weeks ago, where instead of doing the tag team match, I thought that it would be better if they did solo matches, kind of instead of this. But they did the solo, the separate matches leading up to the six-person tag, which I think I, I'm happy with this because realistically, the other option was them showing us a repeat from... yeah. Uh, WrestleMania or showing some sort of a recap, which they they already had a few of those during this Monday Night Raw. No, so they, I'm, I'm not, but like not like. Yeah, no, they actually did a very good job because like the Boneyard match, it was like a sped up version. Same yeah, thing with it wasn't by any means anything like. Oh, by the way, take a look at this clip, and then it's the full match. Yeah, no, it was actually a split together clips, um, but overall it was good. And is what this, about this? Is this two wins now? For Bianca Belair on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's starting off 2-0. Uh, next up, we had a post-match interview with Bobby Lashley following WrestleMania, his uh, amazing loss. Yeah, he said that he might need new management or a new wife. Yeah. What and is then, that supposed to mean? Yeah, like, Lana walked up and Lashley walked away. And Lana's like, what did you do? What did you say to him? Yeah. I mean, Rusev I, I warned him. From the start. <laughs> I, I feel like this entire thing has to put it, it it's it's a storyline that everybody hated but loved to watch. I don't I don't know. It, it was the most over segments it's, on yeah, YouTube. That's, that's the thing. Like we always we never we thought it was I all like stupid. It. I yeah, still we, think it was we, stupid. Well, I mean the storyline wise, it never like from the wedding to this and that and we like, always oh, thought now that there's a lesbian relationship. Exactly. Like the directions that they were going with were just totally left field and it just it wasn't good in my opinion. It just wasn't good. But people still watched it. Like you said, it was some of the most watched stuff on YouTube. While you have Yeah, but there were people that actually didn't like hate watch it. There were people that actually liked it. That's the thing that I I can't see it being liked. There were people on Twitter saying they liked these segments and I don't understand why. Like, in the opposite direction with Otis and uh, Mandy Rose and that stuff, it's sort of that sa- similar uh, in storyline-wise where it's totally – I know. Where it's totally, <laughs> <laughs> but where it's totally like a soap opera-ish storyline and stuff like that. But that is great and watchable. While this stuff, it's just – I cannot pull myself together to enjoy it. So I think that the quicker that they separate Bobby Lashley with Lana, the better – and I don't know what to even do with Lana, you know. But after this, you had Re- yeah. reunition. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just want to see Rusev Day. You know, they 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 miss that. Up the next West. was the the ledge of uh, 
on the ledge of strange. Yeah. Alistair yeah. Black picks up the victory over Apollo Crews, which they explain that Apollo Crews is now on Monday Night Raw because draft picks expire? That's uh, something new as of <laughs> April 2020. <laughs> and I, it was, yeah, it was weird. And uh, it wasn't a, a quick match. I was expecting a quick one, two, three, but this was like Apollo Crews is maybe going to be getting a push, perhaps? Yeah, I so that's the thing. I don't think he's going to be pushed, but I think he's not going to be belittled. I could see him sitting in the mid card standings, but kind of like where he has been, where he's not going to pick up too many losses, but he'll pick up and he'll pick up a few wins here and there. He but reversed see... the Black Mass. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I mean, this was we'll great. See. It was a thirty minute segment in, in total, which I, I was I was like blown away that this happened yeah i do think that it went on a little bit too long for me but overall it was good and Next now up, now that apollo cruz is back on monday night raw i'd like to see uh the return of titus worldwide i gotta disagree with you why i don't want to see that because i want to see apollo go solo yeah but and... it's not he wasn't like a tag team well the thing is too well, i, I mean, want to see he would have been a tag team with tozawa but that's the thing, and I, I'd rather see Titus in his own. Like I, I still say that Titus. Would I don't be think a, Titus is going to be wrestling anytime soon. Yeah, I think that he would be a cool champion. Uh, maybe not Universal or anything, but I could see Titus as an IC champ at some point. Well, I believe he's uh, a former twenty four seven champion. Yeah, but he has the mic skills. I think his in ring skills was never horrible. You know, even when he was with um, Darren Young. Yeah, I, I thought that he was talented. But next up, talking about tag teams, you had Ricochet and Cedric Alexander teaming up again to take on only Oni Larkin and Larkin and Danny Burch picking up the victory. Quick match, unfortunately, in a, in a like a real. If this was NXT, man, Larkin and Burch would have gone so much longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, I like the pairing of Alexander and Ricochet. Yeah, they're building them up as a team, but I I just want way more out of Lorcan and Birch. I still, I must say this every week or every time they're mentioned on Raw or, or NXT or whatever, I wish they were NXT champions at one point. I think that Lorcan and Birch we're going to see more of. Um, you know, I think, I think that we're going to be seeing of... a lot more of the Performance Center folk. Yeah, I, I think that they're just going to be showing more of the, uh, I think they're going to be be exposed a lot more. But next up, you had Kevin Owens doing a promo earlier in the parking lot. Um, yeah, he spoke about how the last five months of his life were pretty much like devoted to Seth Rollins and how all he wanted was a match with Seth Rollins. And uh, he didn't know if any of what was going on was worth it until he was able to defeat him at WrestleMania. And he's like, I'm here to stay and I'm just going to keep fighting. Tying it into his t-shirt merch. Hey, it's all about that merch sales, right? Pro wrestling keys.com slash marking out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Up next, Seth Rollins took on and defeated the debuting Denzel Dejeuner. Ooh, nice. Yeah. yeah Denzel yeah. is a uh, NCAA All American wrestler who placed, I believe, eighth in the NCAA Division I championships in 2017. I mean, no matter what place you come in, you're. If you're all American status, you are 
good. Like, if you're placing, if you're all American status, why am I to believe that Seth Rollins is able to do what he's able to do? <laughs> right? Am hey. I wrong there? Hey, booking brother. Part of me wishes they let him go out there and, like, shine, but I don't think that would actually make sense. But No, it wouldn't make sense at all. But we'll see what happens, you know. I think it's it's always cool to see amateur wrestlers break into the pro wrestling realm. Um, I always mark out for the NCAA guys getting in there. Um, but next up, you had the returning Nia Jax picking up the victory over Deanna Perrazzo. Um, what's then, your take on Nia Jax? I'm I'm fine with her being back. She ended with the uh, rampage, which I marked out for. Didn't they call it the page turner? I don't know if they called it the page turner, but it was definitely the rampage. Yeah, yeah, it was the rampage. I have a feeling that they referred to it remember, as. I don't I don't remember them hearing. I don't remember hearing them say anything about page. So I don't know. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they did take to Twitter after. I guess a lot of fans may have bashed it a little bit, but not Page gave her her blessing. Uh, to use the finisher and everything like that. I thought that it, overall it was a good show by Nia Jax. I'm happy to see her back. Um, it's crazy that she's been gone for so long. Yeah, and the news sites, oh, she's coming back in January. Oh. Yeah. Um, maybe, I mean, she only... should, maybe she would have been, who knows, but Bam roasted you guys were wrong. Uh, the only person I want to see come back in January is Eva Marie. Up next was <laughs> Oom, which you could find her and uh, Gene Snitsky on the WWE Network uh, and under Where Are They Now? Really? Yeah, they both uh, they were both featured, which is now like an actual like show. It seems hosted by Kelly Kelly on the network. That's pretty cool. Up next though was Umberto Carrillo defeating Brendan Vink in a spotlight match for Carrillo. Hey, Vink Vink did a good job though. Yeah, but come on, this was clearly yeah. just like a spotlight for. Of course, but it wasn't a quick match. No, no, no but it was just, you know? it, I mean, he was getting all his moves in. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, Which I don't mind. I, I think Umberto no. is one of the best wrestlers in WWE, and I'll say that every time he's on television. Yeah. Just like Garza. I I could see that as well. Uh, next up, we had Charlotte Flair post-match interview from WrestleMania. Um, it's, you know... It is what it is. Yeah, she said Ripley does what everybody else does. Bows down to the queen. Bow down to the... And then on NXT, they played Ripley's post-match uh, interview of her crying. Yeah. And then there were rumors that, uh, or I guess her prior visa. to NXT. Yeah, that her visa expired and they shipped her back to Australia. But then but I believe she posted a video saying... Uh, yeah, she's still, still in the states. Still in Orlando. Yeah, that's I, I I found it kind of hard to believe about the visa status too, just because usually when you're on a visa, you are aware of when your visa expires and what actions you have to take uh, to prepare for that. So it was hard for me to believe that she would allow her visa to lapse or come close to having to take care of it around WrestleMania time. Like, it's one of those things, like, I feel like she would have taken care of many months ahead of time. Yeah. But next up, you had the main event of WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, they they show they end up showing what happened after WrestleMania went off the air. Uh, Drew McIntyre, I'm sorry, Drew McIntyre made his entrance again for an interview. He uh, ends up thanking Paul Heyman for his championship victory because Paul Heyman during the match at one point yelled to Brock Lesnar saying 
uh, F5, F5, or like he's not going to get up or something. And it powered him. It gave him the strength to get back up. And then, in uh, one of the weirdest Raw After Mania shocking moments, Big Show's music hits. And he's coming out dragging Sean Bennett with him. Referee of the main event of WrestleMania. And then he challenged Drew McIntyre to compete. He's like, I'm not going to challenge you for the championship. But I'm challenging you, challenging you to a fight. Big Show ends up slapping Drew McIntyre. And he squared up to fight. And then all of a sudden it was a WWE Championship match. And I was like, oh my god, they're going to give the title to Big Show. Right? Every single person watching was actually nervous for this. I mean, <laughs> Dude, the you know, match had me worried beyond worried. It, it's one of those things where, okay, you're really happy for Drew McIntyre, but WWE has played with our emotions so many times that, like... <laughs> and, dude, and, but part of me would have been like, okay, I'm fine with Big Show as WWE Champion. It's, <laughs> like, I just want McIntyre to be WWE Champion. And then the it, other part of me would be like, what? How is Big Show champion? I know, I know. But it was actually a good match. I like Big Show, the communication throughout the entire match. Big Show was kind of like belittling him and saying how he's the, like really Big Show amping up the Big Show. Which, by the way, the Big Show show is trending currently at number three, I believe, on Netflix. So, yeah, catch. uh, We may have a special appearance on an upcoming episode for an upcoming (laughs) season. Just keep your eyes open. Just saying. In, in regards may. to this match, though, I don't. I don't even know if Big Show was heel or not. I don't. Part think... of me, I don't think it was. I think it, it seemed like he was trying to inspire Drew McIntyre to actually be a beast and and be a person worthy of holding the championship. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't see it as a heel. I see it more of Big Show is the Big Show is pretty much the closest thing that you have somebody from to an Undertaker kind of a character backstage. Who's backstage most like well, I, more often than not? I you know, like Big Show. He, I mean, he's, he's in Lim, he lives in Tampa. It was a quick phone call. Oh, gotcha. Well, even still, backstage, um, he's like a highly respected veteran. Yeah. Uh, so main event at WrestleMania in two thousand and two thousand twenty, brother. Yeah, but to have him come out saying like, "Hey, you you think that you're good in this? Step up to the plate. Let's see what you got." And I thought that Big Show did the job. Drew McIntyre, fell, everything fell into place. And McIntyre ends up looking strong. He, he body slams Big Show. He ends oh, that, up hitting the... That body slam, he picked him up with ease. Yeah. The one thing that I would have done differently, the one one itsy-bitsy thing, would have been with the body slam, I would have held it for a few more seconds. Well, guess who you doesn't? Know? I mean, he just wrestled Brock Lesnar. I know, I know. It <laughs> like, what but, was it, a four-minute match? But if he stalled with the body slam just a little bit, I think it would have been like, wow. Like, Drew McIntyre just did this Lesnar, and now he's... Wow. Like, you know, I would have... I think that that would have been huge if he stalled with that body slam. Also, I I like... It also makes sense with that he was exhausted, though. I like... But, yeah, but not really, because he had a four-minute match with with Brock Lesnar. And then he had 20 minutes in between. (laughs) Yeah, which uh, I like the reason being was because he wanted to get his uh plates changed yeah yeah but yeah if that like if this was mania like actual wrestlemania in uh in tampa we wouldn't have seen something like this 
We've never seen a, a match like WrestleMania goes off the air, but wait a minute, WrestleMania is not done. We've seen it with like Hulk Hogan coming out after with Yokozuna during yeah. WrestleMania, setting up a, a, a championship me. match on the spot, but we've never seen it go off the air. And then the actual main event of WrestleMania takes place in a dark match. Who would have so, thought? It, the thing I love about it is that nobody knew. You know, it wasn't on the dirt sheets. It was something that was just a shock to everyone. Yeah. We were like, and this this had me pumped even more for for SmackDown because I'm assuming, because I assumed at that time that SmackDown was also going to be a big show like that. Yeah, I I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I think that WWE, their creativity, I feel like they are trying. Now that they are not in front of a live audience, audience, I feel like they're trying to be they're. They're exploring more creative outlets, as we've seen with their matches and everything. And this is one of the creative outlets that they started to uh, explore. And I think it's great. I just hope that this wasn't an episode of Monday Night Raw like this because it was the Raw after WrestleMania as opposed to, like, uh, next week we're going to just see it go back to, oh, here's a full match replay. This, this, this Monday Night Raw reminded me of how NXT is. We don't yeah, get full I mean, match replays. I feel like this was a post-WrestleMania event. That's why you had Nia Jax return. You had this. Well, no, no, no. I, I, don't, I don't mean that portion of it. I just mean, like, the fact that we did not get full the match re- replays. Yeah. We, were, we got – it was a full Monday Night Raw card, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I know. Equivalent I, I of NXT, almost equivalent of what they do for SmackDown. The thing that stinks, though, is that in the few, we're never going to get something like – an experience like this again. Because, unfortunately, the sites, everything gets leaked. So that's the one unfortunate thing is that things are going to be leaked after all of this. And so stuff like McIntyre vs. Big Show, we would have known about already. And that's the thing that stinks. But let's get on to – where do you want to go from here? NXT, uh, earlier in the morning on WWE The Bump, William Regal announced – that because Jordan Devlin can't make it to the United States anytime soon, there will be a tournament set up which will start next week for an interim Cruiserweight champion. They didn't necessarily call it the Cruiserweight Classic, but brother, come on, it's going to be the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah, I'm excited for this though. I'm excited to find out who's involved, and I'm excited to see this break down. I would... Uh... I don't know who would be involved. I know it's like far-fetched as anything, but I wouldn't mind seeing a woman be in the tournament. That would be an interesting little swerve. Um, I'm sign sure, me up. I'm sure he's going to be in it. <laughs> yeah, I, I sign me up for that. Uh, so the first match of the evening was a Pier 6 brawl. It was amazing. It was Io Shirai picking up the victory in the number one contendership ladder match. For the women's championship, uh, you had Chelsea Green with Stone. You had Knox, Kai with Gonzalez, Larray, and Mia Yim. And this match was awesome. I liked uh, how as, as soon as it started, uh, Tegan Knox and, and Dakota Kai went after each other. Yeah. What about that spot with uh, Tegan Knox where she caught the uh, the boot from Dakota Kai and went through the which, the ladder, I think. The ladder set up on the outside of the ring. That spot was awesome. They had so many cool spots in this match where, 
I mean, Chelsea Green got taken out hard, too. Yeah, I believe WWE announced that her and Tegan Knox were injured. Yeah, I, I think that's cool to announce the the injuries, you know? Um, uh, I liked, at one point, Dakota Kai had Gonzalez bringing her the ladder. Mm-hmm. And she, she sets it up to go bring it into the ring. And from behind, Candice LeRae and Mia Yim dropkicked it into Raquel. Yeah, even Stone had a spot where he climbed up the ladder. And for a moment, I thought we were going to have a spot like um, James Ellsworth. That's what I thought. Like, why wouldn't you just, like, grab it for her, brother? Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> expecting to see. But I think it's kind of cool that it wasn't that. It was yeah. him pulling her up from the from there. And then you had them take the... Yeah, EO ladder. and Candice pushed the ladder over. Yeah. Um, overall, I love this match. I am excited. Think about the excitement now. Io Shirai is going to be taking on charlotte flair yeah that should be a very interesting match you know we would if if Rhea ripley won we would have never gotten this match but now we're going to get to experience charlotte flair versus io shirai and if you think about it this may be just an experiment like how me and you and Chris, we always mention randy orton right we always mention other wrestlers going down to nxt for a I long i don't know if chris matches that well me and you like you know we always mention a wwe wrestler like randy orton going down to nxt for a prolonged period of time right for multiple storylines and whatnot this could be just the the experiment to see okay let's put charlotte flair down here now let's see how this works with the crowd and with well without a crowd but with the audience and everything how this gets over and if this goes well with charlotte flair versus io shirai and whatever other matches come of this we may end up seeing more wrestlers transition to end back down back down to nxt i'm excited yeah um after this match they showed a bunch of clips to hype up the finn balor and walter saga in the united kingdom yeah they're and then moving they forward. what was that they're, they're moving forward with this oh, yeah. match and then they aired a promo from finn balor saying that the title is on borrowed time I'm excited to see Finn Balor versus Walter. Finn Balor being one of those wrestlers as well that's in the position as Charlotte Flair. You know, prolonged period back down to NX, back with NXT. And and not Tyler Breeze? Yes, yes, Tyler Breeze, of course, as well. <laughs> uh, next up, you had uh, Indus Schur, um Alongside with Bivens, pick up the victory over ever rise which is team 3.0 from chikara i watched them watch wrestlemania and i was like i can't follow any of this <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm i am surprised that they are even signed with wwe to be honest why like with team 3.0 they aren't your typical uh wwe they, uh, they're, they're like oh physique wise i yeah, thought you were gonna physique. say gimmick wise i was gonna say they, they remind me a lot of like I, not, I can't say the Bushwhackers, but like something <laughs> similar, but from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> like Terrence and Phillip? No, not quite Terrence and Phillip. <laughs> I, you know, like, so I think it's cool that it, I think it's something different that we're not really used to. But I'm also intrigued to see what happens. And it could easily open up the door for a lot of other tag teams and wrestlers that don't really fit the bill but can still highly perform uh, when they have to in the matches. Uh, but this this match should have been way quicker than it was, though. 
I do agree. I think and that it should have been quicker. What's your take on uh I didn't like their finisher. Indus Shears used a, a backbreaker elbow drop finisher, which I think is way too similar to the backdrop leg drop move that Viking Raiders do. Yeah, I do think that they have to change it up, but overall I was impressed with what I saw. I outside of them having to sell for Everrise, I think that they did pr- perform really well. And I'm, I'm, I want to see more of Indus Sure. Right now, for me, that's very forgettable. Yes, I can see it as very for, forgettable, but it's a start. Let's see what happens next week. I do want to see that squash match, though. Up after this, we had live from the backyard, Adam Cole cutting a promo on Velveteen Dream. Um, I'm still waiting, still waiting for that match to be announced. I think it's, yeah. I think it'll be happening. I don't know when. I don't know where. Yeah. But it should. But the main event was taking place. Uh, it's been building up for like three years now, I guess. Uh, and Johnny Gargano picks up the victory over Tommaso Ciampa. It started out uh, like... I said uh, a lot. I hate that. But <laughs> it started out like a cinematic wrestling match. And it was like a mix of that and an actual match. Like it started with Candice giving Johnny what I can only assume was a rock. I don't hmm. even know what it was. It wasn't, I don't think it was used once we we were in the building. But Triple H was there sitting in the corner of the ring and he left a chair in the ring. And he goes, it ends here. And then neither of them used the chair at first. Yeah. But I like Johnny Gargano going after all of Champa's past injuries with that chair. I I thought that was a cool spot. Um, what did you think about this? So this is was a, another take off of the Boneyard match, like very cinema. Uh, but it it wasn't because this was like an actual match too. Exactly. It was really it was an actual match. It was just the different camera angles and I this and that. The... There was no. There was no mute. There was no background music or anything right. like that. Some of the angles were uh, were off, but, but agreed. I, overall, I thought this was fantastic. It, it made mention. It, it had callbacks to all their past matches. You had Champa ripping up a part, ripping the uh, the ring mat up, which we've previously seen in their feud. Do you think that? So would uh, would you want to see this again? No. This sort of a style, this sort of a cinematography no. from a match. No, not unless it was necessary. Okay, so do you think that, so was this a one and done kind of a thing to that you think that we would be seen or? I hope so. This was like, their feud has been going on. It's the, I would say, the longest feud in NXT history. So, I mean, outside of that, would you would you watch this cinematography match from other wrestlers, though? Yeah, I'm not gonna like not watch it, but but yeah, I But it's not it's really not... as you you don't prefer it. Um I don't know. I, I didn't see anything wrong with it. There were people complaining all over the internet, like, oh this this sucks, blah blah blah. It's like just shut up and watch the match and enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, just just enjoy it. I mean For what no... it was, it was I thought it was a good match. Yeah, I thought it was a good match. I thought it was an interesting take. Yeah, it's not... It you used cannot... every single thing in their past histories to, to form one one match, and it was good. Yeah, and you can't take away that they... 
they're piggybacking Boneyard and the Firefly Funhouse match. Like maybe just, you're, maybe they're just the junkies for the for the crowd. People complaining yeah. are just they're the junkies, and and yeah. it's not piggybacking. This match was before no. that. Oh no no! I mean that the way that the style, the cinematography wise, this match was was set up before those two other matches. I think maybe it wasn't. Yeah, but, I don't know. Yeah, but the the viewing of it to the audience. Well, yeah, cinematography, yeah. yeah, cinematography wise. Great, another boneyard match. <laughs> exactly, but it wasn't. A, it wasn't. It wasn't anything like the boneyard match no, or not at all. And it was Fire nothing Fire. like the Firefly Funhouse. No, absolutely not. Same thing with the Big Show and McIntyre. I think that it's a cool, uh, a cool decision to try something new, creativity-wise, while you can. Yeah, they uh, Johnny ends up leaving the building. Champa's like, "It ends in here. Where are you going?" And they brawl in the parking lot. Champa gets up on the ring truck. They fight up there, but there was no payoff. Yeah, they went was to no- a commercial and it came back. Champa was walking away while Johnny was already back inside. Yeah, there was no payoff to that, but the big payoff. At the end, Candice LeRae. Yeah, she uh, came in, begged them to stop. And, and then she's she, like, you made me hate my husband. Yeah, she's like, I hate him. I hate him. And then she and kicks she, him. She's like, I'm going to finish this. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, she kicks him in the balls. Champa was like coddling him, apologizing. I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. This is over. And then Candice kicks Champa in the balls. And Johnny reveals he's got a cup on. Yeah, and we're like, and then he hits the fairy tale ending, and we Champ were so we were so taken back by it because at first we're like, oh wow, wait, what? Her, she just turned on her husband. What's happening here? But then it totally reversed it where it was a okay. It reminded me of that spot with China, with using the cup. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that totally. doesn't that doesn't remind me of it, but I know what you're no, talking about. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally different storyline and everything, but it, they used a cup. But <laughs> then, as Johnny and Candace were leaving the building, a quick flash in a background of a car, the you second see payoff. Killer Cross and Scarlet Bordeaux just sitting in the car observing. I w- I completely missed it. I was all eyes on Gargano and Larray. I completely and... missed it. I tweeted out, no, no, no Killer payoff. Cross. Yeah. Did we forget about Killer Cross? No Scarlet Bordeaux? Because you because... asked me, and I'm like, they, they showed up uh, another hype video earlier in the night. Because during that press, not the press conference, but Bert, like the contract signing, whatever, the meeting with Triple H, I guess you would say, it ends with a Killer Cross video. Yeah. They all three of them get cut off by Killer Cross, and then there was no Killer Cross here. And then here we go. It's a yeah. quick flash, and it's like, holy crap! How did I miss that? Obviously, it's very obvious how I missed it. But <laughs> yeah, I do like that we did miss it, though. You know, I do like that it was something that was hidden in the background. Where it's kind of cool. It's kind of like a movie where you miss something in the movie in the background because you weren't watching it, and. I I love it. I love it. But yeah, I, let's move I think, on. I think uh, we should mention the fact that we're talking about NXT before we move on to SmackDown. Revival, unfortunately, got released from WWE. But Depends also at on, the same time, fortunately. Yeah, fortunately too. I mean, uh, we know how talented these guys are. And it's it's weird that their style didn't 
fit WWE right now. No, no, Maybe no, 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 no. They, well, I mean, no, their it, style completely fits WWE. They just were not being utilized on the main roster. They were having yeah. killer matches in, in NXT. They were having matches of the years in in NXT. They're and they brought up Randy. to the main roster and they just fizzled out. Well, their their usage with Randy Orton was uh, very enjoyable. Well, yeah, I mean, that they, was they, they 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 did give them some breath of of life, but they've been wanting out of their contract for over a year now. And that's the thing; they did have they did find success on the main roster too. I you wouldn't know? even say success though. Like, well, they, they were champions. Yeah, but that's not necessarily being successful. Well, it's better than not winning championship, <laughs> right? But, of course, they could have done more and stuff like that. I think that they did have a successful run, but like something fizzled out. But like you, like you made mention to, just they misuse. wanted, they, but they wanted out of the contracts anyways, or at least that's how it's presented to us. I don't know. We don't know the truth behind all that until they do a shoot interview or anything. But it's presented as if they wanted out of their contracts for a very long time. So it is nice to see that they're getting what they want instead of being forced into a situation that they don't want to be put in. So we'll see. I mean, AEW maybe? It seems like the obvious place would be AEW. They don't have a no-compete clause, which is very interesting. Yeah, I mean... They're free to sign with AEW instantly. Yeah, that is definitely very interesting. I wonder what the decision behind that was and if there's maybe some sort of an internal working that we just don't know about i would i would kind of like to see them go to um go to new japan or something like that i i have to disagree i think that aew i would love to see the map the only reason i disagree is because new japan and ring of honor have been on the decline in my opinion and I'd rather see them get that. Ex- I think they'll get more exposure and more growth as professional wrestlers in AEW right now. How could they get more growth in a company where there there's no there's no real tag matches? That's they, very- they tout tag team wrestling, but then they put on matches where there's the people don't even tag to get in the ring. Well, they'll get more exposure when That's they pretty- if if revival goes to AEW, it means that everyone else will start having to follow the rules. So that's like God bless them. Yeah, but I think and, it, and then it seems like the of- obvious match that it'll all lead to. They could eventually take the championships off of Omega and Adam Page. I don't know the last time they mentioned that on their I think, episodes were. I think that the I think that we will we're going to see. I think that it's obvious we're going to see them on the B Elite show. Whatever. Perhaps, yeah, being the elite. I, yeah, but I think that the, the feud see... that has been going on now for either almost or over three years now is the Young Bucks versus the Revival. So that's where this all makes this could all come together is that they appear on the Elite show and then they take the championships off of Omega and Hangman. And then after that, it leads into the feud with the Young Bucks. I think maybe their name going into a, into AEW or the Indies would be FTR as a tag team. Yeah, they already updated their. I don't know if it's been updated, but on their Twitter pages they have that. Which uh, up well, there they, they've had that for. Ever. Oh, they've had that. Okay, yeah, since t- like 2017, when the the Young Bucks, Cody, and all them they had it as the Revival. Yeah, yeah. They changed it to Forever the Revival. Yeah, that's what it is for me, at least. Yeah. Well, we're going to see how that plays out. Yeah, that should be interesting. Moving on to SmackDown, 
Show opens with Braun Strowman to speak about WrestleMania. Uh, he gets cut off by Shinsuke Nakamura. Which, uh, right off the bat, what did you think of that? I was A-OK with it, you know? I I think that's fine. I actually, I like Nakamura, Nakamura on the mic. I thought he did pretty good. I, I, I actually popped for the entire, you're supposed to say who's there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty simple, but I, I popped for it. Yeah, I but, thought I thought we were going to get a uh, championship match later in the night, but I guess it was just a singles. It was just set up for a singles match. Mm-hmm. Strowman was like, "You're going to get these hands later, later on." And then, uh, which I I really wish instead of saying "get these hands," I, I wish he was going to say Nakamura, you're next. <laughs> I would like would that not have been so much better? He just defeated Goldberg. In two uh, minutes. In two minutes. Who? Nah. I thought it would have been better. But Cesaro went to attack Braun. Gets really, uh, really great. Uh, I don't know how to say this. Cesaro, the way he got like pushed out of the ring yeah, was fantastic. And I like the camera work on that one. And then Nakamura kicked Braun and walked off. Yeah. First match of the evening. We saw of the evening. <laughs> <laughs> Bliss Cross defeating the Kabuki Warriors in that stupid, stupid WrestleMania rematch. I don't understand. Yeah. I hate when they do that, but I, this match was really good. It was a good match. Um, it, it just stinks that Kabuki Warriors. Uh, Asuka just has no luck following WrestleManias. I Well, yeah, this is too <laughs> raw and SmackDown. But <laughs> when, uh, when Asuka and Kyrie did their Doomsday Device move, Mm-hmm. And then Oscar locks the uh, locked in the armbar on Nikki Cross, and then changed that into the Oscar lock. I yeah. was like, "Oh my god, they're about to lose! They're about to become the the champions again." But Alexa Bliss uh, broke it up, and then they did they didn't win. But I liked at some points Alexa Bliss hit that twisted Bliss to the Kabuki Warriors on the outside. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty cool. And then later on, they were backstage and Dana Brooke and Carmella came up to them and said, since they, uh, since they didn't have a match at WrestleMania, that's again, more us hate that, but since they didn't have a match at WrestleMania, they'd like to challenge them for the championships. And they took a sidebar and I'm pretty sure Alexa Bliss was going to say no, but Nikki Cross accepted. So we're going to eventually see that. Uh, but it's weird because... They also announced the Money in the Bank qualifier for Dana Brooke, so I don't know. Well, she's uh, I guess she's going to have to not be in one of them. Uh, or maybe she's in both of them. I don't know. I guess on limited roster right now with everything happening, double book it. But I, I, I was a little disappointed because when I heard the backstage commotion and then it panned over before it panned over to yeah. Brooke and um, Carmella. Carmella, for some reason I thought that it was the Iconics. And I was like, yes, awesome, they're back. But then it wasn't them. Uh, I did like Alexa Bliss being like, "You gotta lay off the de- you gotta lay off the uh, caffeine, the caffeinated coffee." Yeah. Or she said like, "Try decaf" or something like that. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Next up, you had Elias, uh, actually getting through a song. Yeah, up on the perch that Corbin tossed him off of, and it, it sounded like he was entering Money in the Bank. Which he said he's going to turn the briefcase into a guitar case, which I think would be awesome. 
Um, but then we found out later on that <laughs> there's going to be Money in the Bank qualifier matches, and he wasn't announced for the first one, so who knows if he's even going to be in a qualifier. Hopefully. Uh, up next, though, they were recapping everything with Otis and Mandy Rose from WrestleMania. Dolph Ziggler and Sonya Deville came out and yelled at commentary, saying that they want to speak to Mandy. They've been trying to reach her, blah, blah, blah. Ticket! <laughs> Tucky comes out <laughs> and uh, showed off pictures of Otis and Mandy training together. And he said that he and Dolph Ziggler have unfinished business due to the zigzag on the steel steps last week, which sets up a match where Dolph Ziggler defeats Ticket! Hard hitting, fast paced match. Yeah, Tucker held his own against Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler moves out of the way, hits uh, the super kick on Tucky to win. Yeah, uh, Tucker not good enough for Ziggler. I was partly expecting Otis and Mandy to come out afterwards. I I was ex- actually expecting them somewhere during this match too, which was kind of surprising, but all right. You know. Up next we had the dirt sheet featuring Miz and John Morrison where they performed their song live, which is actually available on iTunes. You could purchase it. If you want to. Which I'm, I, I think it's, if Jim Johnson was there to like, like uh, really uh, get the fine tuning of it, I think it'd be good. Like, yeah. uh, like he did with Hosky. <laughs> you know, I, I, I miss uh, Jim Johnson, future Hall of Famer. Maybe, who knows? Should be. But the Usos came out and Miz said that he's still injured, so they're not going to be wrestling on SmackDown. Following that, New Day came out. And Biggie proposed that the other members of the teams should compete for the titles. And then Kofi Kingston announced that it will be Jay Uso versus The Miz versus Big E next week on SmackDown for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship. So we kind of uh, we said during WrestleMania before that we don't want to see stuff like this again. Yeah, but I mean, I guess under these circumstances, I guess you put these two matches together, you get one full match. Yeah, you kind of have to. I mean, you don't have to, but yeah. I, I completely, I'm not like annoyed by it. It's not like a a random like, oh, by the way, now so and so is in is involved with this. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm fine with that. Also, mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, I'm just fine with it. After this, we saw the SmackDown debut of the Forgotten Sons defeating the Lucha House Party. Um, I'm really happy that Forgotten Sons are on SmackDown. Yeah, I'm happy that they're being used. I think they were another tag team. Like I said, with Oni Larkin and Danny Burch, they're another tag team that should have held these the NXT Tag Team Championships. Yeah, I I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to see something happen with Gunner, though. Yeah, you I know, guess I, Jackson. I, what's that? I was going to say, I guess Jackson Riker has to have maybe an opponent, opponent somewhat soon, or he'll just be their manager. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is that in TNA, I was actually a big fan of of um, Gunner. I thought that he had a lot of potential. I liked his, his gimmick. I liked his attitude and everything. 
So I really do hope that he gets given the opportunity. When the Lucha House Party music hit, I was like, oh, snap, Kalisto's back from his injury. I thought it was going to be a six-man tag. Yeah. But it was not, so that that sucked, but... But I liked I liked the match, and I'm I'm looking forward to more Forgotten Sons on SmackDown. I'd say so. After Can't wait. this, after this, we saw Boston Hug coming out uh, to speak about WrestleMania. Bailey says that she beat everyone, and that they have two words for everyone. And then Banks turns to Ooh. Bailey and says, "Screw you." And when what? she said that, my jaw dropped, and I was like, "Oh my god, no!" <laughs> I first thought, off, when she, first off, the first thing that I thought, I thought she was going to say, "Suck it." Uh... When she said, "I don't know," every anytime I hear t- something about two words, yeah, it's hard I get no, I get to, that. Yes, yeah, it's hard not to follow it up with DX. But when she turned to Bailey and said that, I'm like, she was speaking directly to her. I thought she was going to drop her right then and there. I was like, oh, no. I was anticipating it, but boy, oh, boy, were we wrong because (laughs) this led to Tamina coming out to the ring and uh, Bailey setting up Tamina to face off against Sasha Banks. If she defeats Sasha Banks, then she could have her match against Bailey. but Sasha Banks wasn't too happy about it, it seemed. Yeah, and... uh... When Tamina was challenging Bailey and Bailey was like, kind of like saying no, part of me thought we were about to see a Team Bad reunion right then and there. Huh. All right. And I don't know if this is leading to a Team Bad reunion or what. I have no idea. But when the eventual match between Bailey and Sasha Banks comes, it needs to be on a pay per view and it needs to be at Barclays Center. A hundred percent has to be there. That's where their uh, feud, like their best match, took place. I just there. want to see it done, period, and done right. You know, I, I don't think next, it'll happen in Brooklyn, but I don't think so either. But next up, you had Sheamus in action, picking up victory over Cal Bloom. Uh, Cal Bloom is the son of one of the Beverly uh, brothers. Yeah, Bo Beverly. It was a yeah. quick match, bro kick to win. I. Don't think this would be considered a, a main roster, quote unquote, debut. It was certainly the first I think we've seen. Yeah, this uh, outside of what I would assume he would be working uh, live events and whatnot. This was the first time we've seen him on television, which is I we've bo- seen that a lot. We saw that for Monday Night Raw, and I believe he's one of the most recent uh, signees. Yeah, his uh, his group of signees were just three people. Yeah, two of the others have now debuted: Malcolm Bivens and uh, Robert Stone. Yeah, Cal uh, Bloom, he's got the look, though. You know, once once I saw him on TV, I texted you right away. I'm like, he's got the look. Yeah, Dave's like, he's such a sexy boy. Sexy boy. <laughs> he's the son of Bo. Son of Bo. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> No follow up for the next line. I said, "Oh my god!" I don't know. Oh my god! Now, can you do the sensational Sherry part where uh, the beginning? Ooh, um, please don't. Yeah, I don't want to kill anybody's ears. But after this, we saw <laughs> a look back at Jeff Hardy's career. 
which do you think he's going to get put into a money in the bank qualifying match? Yeah, I win? think I, I think he is going to, and I think I could see him winning. If not, it doesn't really make sense. I thought that they maybe they had a documentary or something that they were preparing for the network. I didn't realize it was just kind of like a hey, Jeff Hardy is like pretty much a legend and has done so much for the company, and he's back. I didn't realize it was something going to end up being something like that, but yeah. I could see him winning. What about you? Yeah. Um... I mean, come on. If they were thinking about putting him in, in the title match instead of uh, Braun. Yeah, that's true. Which it, it'll be interesting because, I mean, we we'll might as well speak about the main event right now. Yeah. Main event was Braun Strowman picking up the victory over Nakamura. I think. Um, uh -huh. What? No, I, I thought that it was a good match. It was, it was, there was never a part that I thought Nakamura was going to win, though. Right. Right. But I think the most important thing came afterwards where the Firefly Funhouse happens. Bray Wyatt recaps WrestleMania and then turns his attention to Braun Strowman. And he's like, Braun, I could forgive you for turning your back on me. All the Funhouse characters, with the exception of Ramblin' Rabbit, were like, no, don't do that. <laughs> and Braun's react, uh, Bray's reaction to Ramblin' Rabbit, he's just like, shut up, Rabbit, or something like that. Yeah. Be quiet, Rabbit. And Bray's like, I'll forgive you. All you have to do is apologize. And Braun's like, I'm not playing these games. Bray Wyatt wants the title. He's going to face Braun Strowman for the title. Braun Strowman said, anytime you want, I'll let you in. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Which, does that mean we'll see The Fiend defeat Braun Strowman at, like, let's say Money in the Bank, and then Jeff Hardy wins the Money in the Bank, and that's the next match we see after Braun Strowman. Fiend as champion versus Jeff Hardy. Hmm. No. Wait, what? Wait, hold on. What was your match? Well, after Braun Strowman loses the title to Bray Wyatt, uh -huh. Jeff Hardy, perhaps, does he win the Money in the Bank and that's the next match that we see? It's one of those catch-22s. I don't want to see Braun lose so quickly. You don't want to see Bray lose. So the saving is to have him face Bray Wyatt, not The Fiend. Or the other saving is maybe have Jeff Hardy or someone else distract Bray Wyatt from Braun in that storyline. Or during that match, after Jeff Hardy wins the Money in the Bank ladder match, he goes in and cashes in during the match and takes out Braun Strowman and not The Fiend. That could be a way to save it too, is to have like whoever cash 31. in. Yeah, no, that, that could definitely be a way. It, it's just hard to see... It's like Bray Wyatt. You don't want to see – well, The Fiend, you don't want to see lose. Bray Wyatt, it's okay to lose because he's like – he's just nice, kind Bray Wyatt that you're not going to get that much offense from, like when he faced off against The Miz or even Daniel Bryan. Uh, and then Bray, uh, Braun, you don't want to see lose because he just won his first um, – not his first singles. Well, he his first right? champion, universal championship. For universal champion, yeah, because he was IC. So his first uni uh, universal championship. So, 
But it's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm excited. But, yeah, and next week we have the qualifying matches. We have Daniel Bryan versus Cesaro, Naomi versus Dana Brooke. And then they announced in two weeks, Triple H's 25th anniversary celebration will start on SmackDown. So I'm assuming SmackDown, Raw, NXT, and maybe SmackDown again will have like a full either three show or four show span of Triple H. Well, that next it, the rumor is that next week they're going to going to be recording Raw, NXT, and SmackDown again. So, live? yeah, uh, ooh, no, I, I think don't. They already taped it. I think they I think they taped up until May already. Now, really, I was just seeing a rumor that they're going to be meeting next week at the Performance Center to start recording again. I think they I think they taped their shows up until May. Oh, so maybe they're meeting up next week to record for after that or re-record a few things. But what would the, the 25th anniversary celebration entail? Do you think it'll just be like, oh, here's a full-length Triple H match? I don't know. De- mm. Degeneration <laughs> X reunion via, via Zoom. It was supposed <laughs> to happen at Madison Square Garden. Maybe it'll happen here. The, they all meet up over Zoom. I mean, most of them are... I'm sure in the area. X-Pac, I think he works at the Performance Center, doesn't he? I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. At this point, I don't want to see any of them outside of their homes. First of all, well, first of all, Road Dog, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H all work for NXT. Mm-hmm. I don't know about X-Pac. I'm not sure. And Billy Gunn's in a different company. Yeah, so Gunn's out. <laughs> um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, so talking about another company, let's talk about that other company. Let's yeah. talk about some AEW. It opens up in a pitch black uh, background. I don't know if he was outside or not. Jake Roberts opens it up with a promo talking about Cody Rhodes, which I have to assume this is because of social distancing. Because mm-hmm. everyone, there was such backlash about yeah. Jake and Arn Anderson being there. Yeah, which is, I mean, you I don't know. It's all crazy. But, yeah. Also, apparently Jerry Lawler is coming back to commentate next week. That's the rumor. So That's but, the rumor. Yeah, so I, I'm like, I, I don't think these Jake Robert promos are necessary. I don't either. I think actions speak louder than words. I mean, Archer had a match later on, but you were mentioning commentary. Uh, Chris Jericho was on commentary. Yeah, the whole show he was on it with uh, Tony Schiavone. Last week we had Cody and Tony, and this week we had Jericho and Tony. Yeah, Jericho is always awesome. And I think they brought in extras to be the fans. Yeah, they definitely did. Like, I didn't see any of them. I don't, maybe they were working the, the matches, because I don't know mm-hmm. who the hell Alan Angles is. I think he had a record on his on his nameplate. But Lance Archer picks up the victory over Allen Angles, which, just like last week, I think this match went on too long. Yeah, for some reason, it's not the one, like, big boot, one, two, three. I don't know, maybe they're just trying to fill up time because of everything that's happening. Maybe if, like, this wasn't uh, happening, if it was in front of a live crowd, maybe it would be that one, two, three. But because it's pre-taped, they're giving it more time to take up more space. But it should be a big boot or whatever his finisher is. One, two, three. It's that uh, that reverse razor's edge from the corner. Yeah. That one. Nah. Match up next, we saw Hikaru Shida defeat Britt Baker. I really thought Britt Baker was going to win here, and I'm happy she did not. 
I didn't think that she was going to win because they're building up Hikaru a lot. Yes, that's what I'm. That's why I was glad she she won. But yeah, Britt Baker was like I busted think, open. Yeah, but I was gonna say I think she was like more so like the focal point of this match. Okay, yeah. It was like Next, even yeah. like she was playing with the like Austin and and Billy Gunn were sitting ringside and she hit that reverse Famouser and just did like that like lovey dovey stare at them. Yeah, which I I don't know where that's gonna lead to, but or if it's not even gonna lead to anything, but and then like uh, you said, Britt Baker was busted open. I went back and rewatched it. I have absolutely no idea why she was busted open. I think it was from that the knee. I don't know. Somebody said the, maybe the they shiny cut wizard. It. Somebody said maybe they cut it out. I don't know. I I thought it was from the shiny wizard. I I could not tell, but she went to lock that mandible claw in and. Then uh, I liked her demanding the referee give her his glove. Yeah. Which, that's kind of gross. He shouldn't be giving his gloves away, but... Yeah, that's, that's that's not right. Match up next, we saw the Best Friends defeat the almost-named Best Friends, Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa. Earlier in the night, they were in a trailer trying uh, to figure out a tag team name. And Nakazawa was like, why don't we just be called the best friends? <laughs> Which I thought was funny. And then Orange Cassidy was there in their trailer and opens the door. The best friends walk in and argue. And uh, then put their name on the line. And uh, Orange Cassidy... Was involved in the match too, which was pretty cool. I getting, thought, getting involved with that hug. I thought this match was uh, very sloppy. What makes you say sloppy? I, there were just spots left and right, and I kind of want to say it was Nakazawa. Uh, okay, there I was can, a I... lot that was just like ugh. Mm-hmm. But I liked Jericho uh, basically calling out the referees here. Yeah, again. It's just become a gimmick there in, in AEW. But he's like, why is Orange Cassidy in the ring? He shouldn't be allowed to come in the ring. I agree. And then when uh, when Nakazawa rubbed his underwear on Trent's face, I like Jericho quoting Vince, doing the, he's gonna puke. <laughs> I thought that was, like, that's funny. Yeah. Using a Vince quote there is funny. Yeah, yeah, Bringing yeah. Brody Lee in to talk to, I assume, was eight and nine. After this, mm-hmm. it's just, like, ridiculous. Cody says in that interview that it's not a Vince McMahon impression. But in this promo, Brody Lee is talking about the perception of reality. Which is another thing Vince was was known to say. It's literally it's... ripped from an interview with Dave Lagana. Dave Lagana says uh, what, what Vince McMahon would say. He's, Coke is a brand. Tide is a brand. You are a brand. And he said Vince would always make this one point very clear. Perception is reality. Vince mm-hmm. McMahon is a brand from how he walks to how he carries himself to the speech pattern he uses. That's Dave Lagana talking about Vince McMahon and that was the Brody Lee promo. Are you kidding me? You're trying to tell me that's not Vince McMahon, brother? Come on. I, uh, you know... I think that they're kind of in in denial. (laughs) It's like, oh, they nobody's gonna know that it's a Vince McMahon gimmick. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. It's just very coincidental that what was it? Three promos so far are all Vince McMahon related. Come on. 
or at least people can relate it to Vince McMahon. Yeah. You know? Next up, uh, though, we had Matt Hardy cutting a promo on the Inner Circle, which this was, I thought, fantastic. He had Vanguard bring him the shirt that Jericho gave him, but it was actually Matt Hardy's shirt pointing out that the Inner shirt, the inner Circle shirt was on fire. <laughs> and then Matt Hardy extends an invitation to Chris Jericho to the compound for an elite deletion which i am so excited for i don't know how many members of inner circle will be there but i am definitely on board and i'm again AEW is very lucky to have matt hardy since he has that ring and whole setup in his house yeah they don't need permission although i mean i guess they could still get shut down yeah it could, but I think that it's going to be a, a lot of fun. I I can't wait to see what's going to happen with this. Are we going to see like all, all the errors of Chris Jericho? I was going to say maybe we're going to see like some sort of uh, Y2J, the Lionheart. Maybe we'll see Mitch, <laughs> Dean Ambrose's Mitch? friend Mitch, the Plant. Oh oh oh. Also, Maybe we, we'll we've see. already we've already seen the different eras of Jericho. Wasn't that at one of the pay per views for the uh, entrances? Was that either it was Kenny either... Omega? Oh no, that was a Kenny. It was his match against Kenny Omega at AEW or New Japan. I don't even remember. New... If... No, that couldn't have been New Japan. New Japan, I think. No, oh. no. Maybe it was AEW. Maybe AEW. But I, I think that it's going to be interesting. Do you think that they'll bring back uh, Rufus? <laughs> I feel like people have been trying to find Rufus for the past, like, 15 years now. Yeah, he's pretty good at this entire hide-and-go-seek game. Yeah. Matchup next, we saw Brody Lee defeat Lee Johnson. Just like Lance Archer's match, just different moves. Yeah. Not much over here. Once again, Brody Lee, it should have been a quick match. It sucks. I was so like excited that Brody Lee was being brought into AEW. And then it's like how to kill a guy with, with Vince McMahon gimmicks. Yeah. With three promos. It's, yeah. Uh, next up, you had the tournament. You had the TNT Championship Tournament taking place. You had Cody picking up the victory over Sean Spears. Um, what was your take on this match? I couldn't really get into it. I, I just didn't like how, how is Cody going to go from being put through a table, being like passed out to getting up and hitting two crossroads in a row. Yeah, I know. And then he eventually wins with the figure four, but, but in the figure four, it wasn't, he didn't tap out. It was just a pin. Oh, was it? Yeah, I, I believe. Yeah. The referee, I counted three. I don't remember that. I've never seen anybody get pinned with the figure four before. I'm almost positive the referee did the three count for Sean Spears, which is weird. <laughs> well, yeah. like I said, the finals are going to be, has to be, Cody versus Archer. What What do you think about that? If, if that's true, I believe it's true. Sean Spears being pinned in a figure four. Weird. Not necessarily because we've seen we've seen people have submission moves get turned into uh pinning predicaments. Mm-hmm. 
I don't so, know. I don't know. Oh yeah, you're right. It is a. It was a pin. Yeah, and he still never, and he never tapped. Yeah, he never tapped. The referee counted at three. I don't know if that was supposed to happen. I don't. I mean, I don't think Sean Spears knew that his mm. shoulders were down for that. It seems. I. Mm, I don't know. By the looks of it, Cody still like continues, and Brandy gets up on the apron, and she she eventually tells him to stop, and she's like smiling. So I don't know. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I did. I don't know why I didn't remember him getting pinned. Yeah, I don't know. That just stood out to me because I'm like, that's weird. It's it's like I don't know. I just don't like it. A lot of people hate on Sean Spears too, being in the main event and everything. It's like if somebody had an ankle lock on you. No, like the, ankle like the lock the is a lot did. different. Use a different submission, you idiot. <laughs> no, no, I, I I don't mean I don't mean with the person in prone. I mean with the person in supine. I, I mean, what are you talking about? I I I, I don't mean with the person with their chest down. A I mean leg with lock? their chest. Um, no, like ain't. There was times where Angle did have the ankle lock with him, both guys' chest facing towards the air. That's uh, like a leg lock, though. That's not. That's not. Okay, really so yeah. So, so then, yeah. So we'll even go with the leg lock. It's it's like somebody has a leg lock and it's a three count. It's just a weird way to go out. I would have rather Sean Spears tapped. But but, but then again, maybe that'll get added into that story. Like I didn't tap to you. Screw you. Maybe. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. That was AEW. Now, uh, hey, Brandon, got any shout-outs? This is Yoda, and listening to Brandon's shout-outs, you are. I feel like I'm constantly giving this a shout-out, but I feel like it's necessary every single time they have one because the WWE 24 whatever you want to call them on the WWE network always knocks it out of the park. And, uh, the latest one follows edge and his return to WWE, which I don't think was a, uh, originally supposed to be a, a return to WWE even. Hmm. But they're always so well done. I think it was so good. And yeah, it basically, basically it seems like the reason why edge is in WWE is because of AEW. I, I, I love the entire dot. Like, is it just me, or do you want to see Edge and Beth Phoenix have their own reality show? Um, I don't know. I'd be open I, to it if you wanted to put them on Total Divas or something. I, I like. I think that that would be a cool reality show. I mean, especially seeing them both in the ring where she was training with him. Yeah, I, thought I thought that, that was that so was cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was funny too. Like she was just like, "Why don't you do the dishes?" Uh, he goes, I do the dishes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so definitely check that out and check out the whole series. I know a bunch of them are being aired on FS1, so you could check them out if you don't even have the network. Yeah. Or maybe you don't even have FS1, so. But the next shout-out goes to both Shit's Creek and Modern Family because unfortunately both shows came to an end this week and I think they are two of the best shows of uh, the well the past 11 years for Modern Family and 6 years for Sh- for Shit's Creek. Yeah, did you watch the end of uh, Modern Family? I did. I did not. Was it sad? Uh I wouldn't say it was sad. 
Where you, did you cry? No. It's okay if you did. No, you I know? swear to God, I didn't. You sure? Yeah, and I I kind of okay. wanted to, but I didn't. Like I wanted to, <laughs> like I didn't, like I I wanted to, like go in there and be like, oh, I want to cry. It would be great. But no, it didn't didn't happen. Yeah, I, I could understand that. I could understand that. But what I else think you everybody, got? Everyone should definitely watch it. But and I, I this last shout out, I I I don't. I don't want to call it a spoiler, but maybe it is. But I kind of want to say it's not. But I'm giving the last shout out to the zombies. Because their song, This Will Be Our Year, is used as the closing song in the finale of the big show. Wait, what? What do you mean, wait, what? What do you mean? Like it's in the end credits. Oh, 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 gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, no, I was just trying to figure out the spoiler part. Well, because people are like, <laughs> like, they're really anal about stuff like that sometimes. I guess so. Where, like, normally I would be, but I, that's like, I don't really consider that a spoiler. Yeah, yeah. I definitely don't consider that a spoiler. Yeah, so check out the zombies. They're awesome. I got to see them live for free. There you go. And I got to meet Colin. That's pretty cool. Nah. Now, this isn't the ECW zombie, right? Yeah. No. Just to clarify? Okay. Just I'm just saying because some people may be confused. This so. is time of the season zombies. Yeah. Yeah. Time of the season zombie, not the zombie that came out on ECW. No. Those so. are my shout outs, though. Now it's time for... Ow. Ow. Right, our mark out moment of the week. I'm sure if Chris was still here with us, he would agree. Absolutely has to be the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match. I got to agree with you. I think that I marked out for the Boneyard match and I totally lost myself for the Firefly Funhouse. Um, I went crazy for it. Something else that I marked out for that I marked out for was the new t-shirt on ProWrestlingTees.com, The Revival. Uh, they have a new t-shirt of them on Pro Wrestling Tees. Dax Hardwood and Dash Wheeler. Yeah, and, and the t-shirt, it's them with the championships, except the championships are faded out. So It's like the uh, Avenger gimmick. Yeah. Thanos. Yeah, yeah that's the one. I'd also have to say, kind of, uh, Marky, that as soon as the Big Show show came out here at 3 a.m., I was up watching the first three episodes. Yeah, no, that would be. And then I watched the main event earlier today. Um, I, uh-huh. Big Show show, I think, is way more well-written. I can imagine than, that. Than that movie. And I I, it's imagine. like, both are definitely for children, but... There are like wrestling related jokes in the Big Show show that make it worth watching. I so one thing that I'm going to add on to there that I've totally marked I marked out for the documentaries that I've been watching from um from the stuff that on that's on WWE doc, uh, network like the Undertaker preview. I didn't watch I, that yet. I don't I don't, don't want to watch a preview of it. I want to just watch the whole thing. I I thought that that was 
awesome and so weird. But I guess seeing him on Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast, like first hearing him, it's weird. And then seeing him, you're like, I don't want this to be ruined. This stinks. But now that this that kind of the gimmick. Yeah, the gimmick. But now that that has been ruined, seeing him uh, in this sort of a light traveling and everything and what's going on backstage, it's kind of like you fall into being such a mark. Um, I, I also marked out for a few other like I was watching old um, SummerSlams and Survivor Series. I totally marked out for uh, what was it? It was no WrestleMania. WrestleMania 8, I believe it was. It was uh, Rowdy Piper versus Bret Hart for the IC title. I totally for at WrestleMania 8. So Piper versus Bret Hart for the IC title. I marked out in for that match because I I don't know if I've ever seen it or if I did. I don't remember a lot of these older matches and just reliving it and rewatching it. It was so good. Um and I feel like that's an underrated match. I don't think I see enough people talking about that match. But just seeing all the old names, I mark out all the time. Anything else you got? That is basically it for our mark out moment of the week and our episode, episode 479. Markingout.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, uh, Instagram, YouTube, ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. That's about it. We wish you the also happy Passover. Yes, happy Passover and happy Easter. Yeah. The, the. best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a